everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years of Wonder Years podcast, All My Atlanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast, and Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Yes, today, since it is June and the first day of summer, even though um, <laughs> when I'm recording this today, it's actually May 31st. But yeah, I am kicking off summer 2022 with the Free Willy franchise. And actually, I'm just saying, going to say trilogy because I'm just covering the first three. I'm not even attempting to. Uh, apparently, there's a fourth Free Willy movie, and I have zero interest in watching it. But the first two Free Willy movies are such an integral part of my childhood. The third one, Free Willy 3, The Rescue. I'm going to say, even when I saw it in the theater, um, it really failed to live up to the other two. But, um, yeah. So, synopsis on this movie. came out in 1993. When a boy learns that a beloved killer whale is to be killed by the aquarium owners, the boy risks everything to free the whale. This episode has a 6.0 out of 10 based on 75,496 ratings. Or, uh, 70, yeah, <laughs> okay. So this movie was directed by Simon Windsor. Writers Keith Walker and Corey Blackman. Alright. Oh, we got we got trivia, we got goofs, we got uh, <laughs> quotes. Of course, if you're f- familiar, the, the soundtrack, I had the soundtrack as a kid. And um, one of the big songs that played on the VHS was a music video uh, by Michael Jackson called Will You Be There? And actually, now that I think about it, he does sing a song in the sequel. I think it's called Have You Seen My Childhood? That was another one that I had the soundtrack for when I was a teenager. So, ooh, taglines, taglines, okay. A 12-year-old street kid, a three-ton orca whale, a friendship you could never imagine, an adventure you'll never forget. And also, how far would you go for a friend? So yes, this released July 16th, 1993. I would have been like a little over a month from turning 11. I remember when I saw this movie in the theater, and (laughs) this is one of these things where you're really, when you see, you're impressionable, and I I was, I I loved the movie, and (laughs) on the car ride home, I told my grandma, because my grandma was the one that mainly took me to the movies. Occasionally, I'd go with my aunt and her kids, but mainly it was me and my grandma, But I remember telling her on the way home, like, I'm going to be a marine biologist. Well, let me tell you, that dream (laughs) lasted about as long as the car ride from the theater to home. Yeah. 
But the way this movie just portrayed it is like such a fun, enjoyable, rewarding job. So let's look at the cast list. We got Jason James Ritter, Richter, excuse me, Jason James Richter as Jesse. We have Lori Petty as Ray Lindley. She is one of the trainers for Willie the Whale. And she is not in the sequel. She does not. I think um, Lori Petty did have uh, other commitments going on at the time. Michael Madsen as Glenn Greenwood. You probably would recognize this guy from if you are a Quentin Tarantino fan. He was in... I know he was in Reservoir Dogs and also one of the Kill Bill films. He's been in a handful of other things. Uh, Jane Atkinson. I most know her from this movie, but she was also in Disney's Blank Check movie. She played Brian Bonsall, Preston Waters' mother. Was it Waters or Walter? I don't know. Okay, so we got August Schellenberg as Randolph Johnson. He's having a kind of ext- Oh, R.I.P. Oh, Randolph. I mean, August. Let's see. Are we miss? Are we, I want to see if we have any other R.I.P.s at the time, just so that way I'm aware. We also have Michael Ironside as Dial. I just watched the first Top Gun all the way through for the first time. I've seen bits and pieces over the years, but I saw this guy. I'm like, hey, it's the guy from Free Willy. We got Richard Ryle, who, uh, he's been in some things. Um, nothing really too notable that stands out. We got Mc... I don't know how you say his name. McKelty Williamson? He played Baba and Forrest Gump. Although, if you looked at that movie and this movie, he... Which, actually, Forrest Gump came out a year after this movie did, but... Oh, he was also in Fences. Or, with, um, Denzel Washington. That was a good movie, too, so... Yeah. We got... Well, this kid pops up here and there in so many things. His name is Michael Bacall, and he's just somebody that you're, he's one of those you know, kid actors from the um, mid-80s to early 90s type of actor. He's been in a handful of things. I remember he was in an episode of the Wonder Years, um, a lot of kind of one-episode things, Sister, Sister, the Nanny, This Boy's Life with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, he's in three episodes. <clears throat> he was in episode four, Angel, season one. The Hardware Store and Frank and Denise from season five. He's also in an episode of Doogie Howser and The New Lassie. All right, we got Danielle Harris playing Gwynny, which I don't think her character gets referenced. But um, she was in a handful of episodes of Roseanne. She played Molly. <coughs> Excuse me. 
we also get another kid whose only movie was Free Willy. He played one of the runaway kids from the... It's like a facility for... I wouldn't call it an orphanage. I think it's just a facility that holds kids that um, are waiting to be adopted slash sent to foster homes. Cooperton or Coopertown, I think, is this place that uh, Jesse is sent to. Okay, so I'll do uh, one little piece of trivia here. After the movie was released, it brought the living conditions of the star Orca Keiko who plays Willie, to the world's attention. His tank was too small with too warm chlorinated artificial salt water. Keiko suffered from a weakened immune system and a skin condition around his pectoral fins. Okay, so I remember that little, uh, yeah, around the, the fins and stuff. There was looked like some type of skin infection, something going on. There was a monumental effort to release Keiko. A custom tank was built in the Oregon Coast Aquarium, and in 1996, the whale was flown from Mexico to Oregon. He recovered well and was moved to a sea pen in 1998. In July 2002, Keiko was released into the wild after spending 22 years in captivity. Unfortunately, he did not fully adapt to the wild and died in December 2003 in Norway. Keiko became the second oldest orca to live in captivity. That's the thing that I, I, I get with as far as sometimes when an animal has... We don't know if Keiko was bred in captivity or, or not, maybe not. But that's the thing, you're like, oh, the animal needs to be in the wild, they should be in the wild, they should be living in their natural habitat. But if an animal's been born in captivity, they're not going to know anything about their natural instincts as far as learning to hunt, to take care of themselves. They are basically going to be a sitting duck. You release, you throw them out there, like, here you go, bye, and then what's going to happen? Exactly. So, especially... 22 years, that's over two decades in captivity. So it just, it's really sad that, and I remember when Keiko passed away, Jeremy and I had just started dating a month prior to that. And I remember that was one of the things we were talking about. Because, you know, I think, you know, I grew up on these movies, the first two. Let's see, uh, we got, ooh, a goof. When Willie is jumping over the stone wall at the end of the movie, the bottom of the actual whale does not match the pattern of the CGI whale that lands the jump. Gotcha. <laughs> when Jesse and the other street kids find out they haven't gathered enough money to buy food, Perry says, shoot, I'm hungry, but his mouth say another four-letter S-word instead of shoot. <laughs> and guys, because I am putting this on the Punky Power podcast and the Oh My Atlanta, Willie Chalupas podcast, being those are family-friendly, safe podcasts, this, the Free Willy movies that I'm doing will be for ears of all ages, so you don't have to worry. Another goof, since all the scenes in the movie were shot out of order, Jesse's hair can be seen in a mullet or with long hair in the scene shot in Mexico, but for the scene shot in Oregon, 
is he has short hair. Okay, so it does say that Willie died from pneumonia in Norway and that he passed away at 27 years old. Okay, so Free Willie is the only film in which Willie is played by Keiko. An animatronic killer whale played Willie in the sequels. Oh, gosh. Apparently, Jack Nicholson turned down the role of the villain Dial, balking at the little payoff. Okay, gotcha. The producers auditioned 23 orcas for the role Willie. 21 of them belonged to SeaWorld, who declined the offer to have their orcas for movie work after they were unimpressed with the script's message. And at one point, they requested a new... Well, you know what, SeaWorld? You don't get to choose the ending of the movie, okay? That's for the writers to decide and the director and whatnot. Oh, wow, this movie could have went in an entirely different uh, direction here. All right, so Lauren, the Donners here, and the studio didn't like the original script that Keith A. Walker wrote because according to the former, during an interview with Entertainment Weekly, she thought it was too sweet, too mushy, too formulaic. So Corey Blackman was hired by the Donners to write a second draft by making the story more contemporary, as well as turning Jesse from a mute 10-year-old living with nuns into a 12-year-old street tough with foster parents. I maybe make him relatable in some senses to some out there. Jesse's harmonica playing was dubbed in post-production because the reeds inside were disabled to prevent Jason James' director from distracting the casting crew if he were to play it. Jason James Richter spent two weeks getting to know Keiko. In the original draft, where, you know, Jesse was going to be a 10-year-old mute boy living with nuns, Jesse does not speak until near the end of the movie, where he shouts, Free Willy! during Willy's jump to freedom. Henry was Jesse's original. And no, no, we, we, I'm sorry, whenever I hear the name Henry, I think of Macaulay Culkin from The Good Son, which I have reviewed The Good Son. It's on the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast on SoundCloud, and that one, of course, is for ages 18 and up, basically. If you're under 10, it's not going to be suitable for you. Alright, so last thing I'm going to do before I get into the movie, of course, is go to uh, box office. We got the budget was $20 million, opening weekend. Ooh, ugh. Um, opening weekend was $7,868,829. Uh, gross, $77,709,806. Worldwide gross, $153,700. Or 153,709,806. right, so without further ado, let's jump into the movie Free Willy. Right away, I get that childhood feeling when I hear the, the score to Free Willy. And it just, it it's almost like a little tickle inside of you. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I, just, I love it. I, you know, I've gotten the, the the first and second movie, you know, soundtracks when I was probably 13, 13, four. Well, no, I had to be 13 because I had my, you know, tape player. And then in eighth grade, I got my portable CD player. So, yeah. 
big on collecting soundtracks back in the day. Um, I will admit I did have the soundtrack to Gordy, you know, the one about the the pig, the talking pig. Mainly because I did have songs from Doug Stone, a country artist that I really liked back in the 90s. Oh, and the, the Judds have this amazing song in that movie called Guardian Angels. And it just, if you listen to it, it is a beautiful song. Especially right now with, you know, having lost Naomi Judd. It really would, you know, bring tears to your eyes just listening to it. and Oh my goodness, but yeah. That's the thing about these, these movie scores when you listen to them. It's just like some of them really, I mean... Amazing, amazing. So, yeah, the beginning of the movie, you see a lot of orcas, you know, jumping out of the water and just enjoying life and everything. And you know, like, eventually, okay, something is going to happen. And, yeah, something does happen. Willie gets taken from his, his pod, his family, to be put into... Uh, tank at a SeaWorld-esque type of aquarium theme park, basically. Ray, played by Lori Petty, even mentions it later on, saying he was too big and too old to be taken in the first place. Just judging about how small the you know his his tank is and everything like that. But we'll get to that when we get to that scene. And you can. You can tell Willie apart from the others because he does have the three little spots on the throat area. That's, you know, it's an identifying mark. The two boats that are here have these nets that go all the way to the bottom of this ocean floor, whatever you want to call it, and they enclose Willie. They separate him from his family. You do see him underneath the water, and his family's on one side of the net, he's on the other, and they're kind of, you know, rubbing noses, like, I don't know how to get you out of here. I can't help you. I'm sorry. And, yeah, they capture him, and it just, it breaks my heart that, you know, he was basically stolen from, he was kidnapped from his family. All right, so now that we've met Willie for a hot minute, we're going to meet 12-year-old Jesse. This kid... He, I, I'm not going to say he looks too rough. I mean, he's wearing a jacket. His face is smudged with dirt. And, you know, hair hasn't been washed. You know, he's on the run. He ran away from, what is, is it, Cooperton? Coopertown. And he and the three other kids that also escaped, I think a lot of, like, went to a foster home and, like, as soon as they got out of that Cooperton place and into a foster home, they like, boop, bye. But here, yeah, they're basically panhandling. They're going up to people like, hey, I Jesse Stewart, I guess, could be convincing in a way for 1993. It's like, hi, ma'am, look, we spent all our money at the Natural History, History Museum, and now we don't have any money to take a bus to get home. You think you'd help me out? Yeah, so he's using different stories, like this first lady here. A lot of these people are in, like, business-type, like, suits and stuff, so I don't know if they're at a 
bus station or what? Because he's like, oh, hey, look, excuse me, my mom dropped me off on her way to work and forgot to give me bus fare. Can you help me out? He asks, oh, can I borrow some money? Kid, do you know the definition of borrow does mean to pay back eventually? You're never going to see this person again. Oh my god, in the way he's like, oh thanks lady, you have a good day. It's like, oh yeah, now I'm taking your money. I'm also going to be polite about it. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so we meet Perry, who, ugh, this kid is no good. And he's not a good influence for Jesse either. But he looks rough. I mean, he's wearing like a green olive army jacket-ish thing. He's wearing a blue, dark blue tie-dye shirt. His hair also looks unwashed. He just looks really like, I don't know. He just looks like someone who would be up to no good. But he's going after a guy that's got a briefcase. Like, hey, guy, I really got to get home. You lend me, like, maybe a buck. I mean, just a buck. And the guy's not even, he's like, get out of here. I'm surprised there aren't security guards manning this area to keep this stuff, this panhandling down. So, yeah, Jesse comes up with this other lady who's walking just, she's not in a business suit or anything. I, is this a convention center? Is it a, what's another word I'm looking for? Promenade, something or other. He's like, hey, my lady, my friends and I spent all of our money at the Natural History Museum. Yeah, sure you did. And he says, and we have to take a ferry home. Can you help me out? And she says, I suppose, as she pulls out. We don't see the amount of money she pulls out, but we see the amount they pool it together. It's roughly probably about maybe three, four dollars, five dollars tops. And this is 1993. I mean, even then in 93, if you went to a McDonald's with five dollars, maybe cover a meal. Compared to now, where McDonald's, you want a meal with a sandwich and fries and a drink, it's going to cost you probably 8 or $9. <laughs> so, yeah, all the kids look, you know, rough. Like, I don't know why I keep harping on this. Like, their hair's unwashed, their faces are dirty. And Perry's like, oh, I'm hungry. And Jizzy says, go, man, I need some food. Stayed in your foster home, you probably would have gotten food, but whatever. So they're hanging out by a restaurant and they're eyeing the unfinished food. So they all kind of look at each other, forming the same idea like, hey, let's just get the table scraps and zip off with them. And they're hanging out right on the other side of this outdoor promenade restaurant. And you see this family just off to the side enjoying their meal. And they're all kind of, everyone is like looking in their direction. And Jesse kind of looks up at them. And I'm just thinking, yeah, they probably wonder what you're doing. So yeah, they take off with what they can with what's left on the table. You know, bread baskets, filled with bread, half-eaten sandwiches. And the thing is, sometimes when you're st like starving, I don't know how long those kids have been without food. But, um, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna not have any complaints about taking someone's leftovers. You see Lauren's caterers, and there is a 
van with the door open, the large sheet cake that the kids are just walking, finishing off whatever they got from the restaurant, and they see the cake and they go, oh yeah! I would feed them for quite a while. It's a big cake. Okay, uh, Jesse is holding what looks like a pizza box, so they've been just scavenging the city for food. The girl is holding what looks like a thing of a carton of yogurt. Perry looks like he's holding, like, a box of cookies. I mean, that cake looks, like, two feet in length. It looks that long. So, they hang out at the skate park while they're feasting on that cake. So, everyone's kind of talking about their stories. Um, the girl mentions how the first time I got dropped off there, it was just so bad. She says, my mom dropped me off and went to work in Houston. I never saw her again. So, the cake has a lot of handfuls just taken out of it. It says, happy 20, it almost looks like 21st, 24th anniversary. And the girl's saying, oh, I could eat one of these every day. Uh, I don't think you could because you would get sick of that. And that is just, I mean, everyone loves cake and stuff, but they're not going to eat it in massive amounts. Gosh, how much do you think a cake costs? I mean, this is 1993 money, so I'm going to say anywhere from, like, somewhere in the ballpark of between 20 and $50, 20 and 50 that's a large range, but yeah. It was a cake that was going to feed a lot of guests. So, Jesse says he took off from uh, Cooperton, and the kid, because we do have a person of color here, and he says, oh, you bolted from Cooperton? Really? Uh-huh, sure. And Jesse's like, yeah, I did. And Perry sticks up for Jesse. He's like, hey, shut up. Look, Jesse and I both bolted from Cooperton. My, I don't know whether Perry is putting hot sauce on that cake or what, but that, and he, it looks like he's eating it out of the corner of a Nike, the bottom corner of a Nike shoebox. So Jesse says something that is just like, buddy, because he says, I just want my own place, like an apartment or something. You're 12. Nobody is going to give you an apartment. You don't have a job. You don't have an income. You're well underage. Yeah. So, of course, the cops show up and the kids bolt. Jesse, before stepping in the cake and running off, he's like, oh, well, I'll grab a handful of cake, fistful of cake for the road. It'll give me energy as I'm running away from the cops. So, Jesse and Perry split off from the other two, and they wind up at the aquarium. Although, it's nighttime and it's in the dark, they just find a space to hide that they, when they open, the, when they slide open this door, they don't realize when they shut it, there's an alarm on the outside of it, a little beeping, that alerts the police that the, the place is being broken into. So, Jesse and Perry find these spray cans in this, what looks like a supply room or maintenance room 
or something like that. And they started going through and just spray painting. It's like, yeah, you wave a spray can out. What are the odds that a preteen or teenager is going to take them like, hey, spray can. I'm going to spray this out, you know, because it's there. And they're basically being, you know, classified as juvenile delinquents. Perry, definitely. Jesse is just... Uh, he is... Luckily, eventually, spoiler alert, he does learn that Perry is just um, more trouble than he's worth. Wow, they made real work. of That's basically an observation area we learn because it does have windows in the tank. And apparently it must have been raining because there's thunder and it kind of lights up the window and Willie is, is there and Jesse, not sure what he's looking at because, again, it's dark. And he just sees this big, you know, creature staring at him and Jesse's like, ah! And then he takes off. But then he stops and turns around and then goes back to the little, um, the large viewing window and then he just sees Willie you know flashes of Willie with the lightning and stuff like that and just like wow and he's just hanging out there and all of a sudden Perry yells at him like Jess run basically yeah the cops have <laughs> found out someone's broken into this park and they're gonna check it out it's like yep it's a couple of kids but gosh, they use that graffiti all over that. I mean, it's on the windows. It's on the oh, like this is a public place that they are vandalizing. I don't even think Jesse realizes where he is since it's dark and rainy out. So yeah, Jesse's up against the observation window and he sees Willie like, in full form, and he is just the size of this whale. Like, wow. thing I can say to, about Perry right now in this situation is at least he lets Jesse know that there are cops. Like, hey, Jesse, run! There's cops everywhere! And Perry... And it just seems like, yeah... Oh my god! What if he, he set Jesse up? Where he's like yelling to Jesse like, hey, Jesse, cops, that's gonna lead the police right to where Jesse is. So Perry can get out of there. Like, they'll be distracted by Jesse so I can bolt. See, this kid is not a friend. He's not a friend. And Jesse goes to run, and immediately there is a flashlight in his face. 
So, yeah, I thought that, yeah, we got some cops, one who tackles Jesse in the auditorium area where um, the audience would be for the shows that they put on with the sea lions and with Lily and everything. And I'm like, I recognize that flannel and that green hat. It's Randolph. And he looks, you know, he probably expected to be a grown man who was breaking in. But the look of surprise on his face, like, this is just a kid. Apparently, what, when the guy, like, when the cop, like, tackled Jesse to the ground? I mean, those are cement seats. So I can understand why he's got a, Jesse's now got a bloody nose. So, all right, so now we're at the Department of Children's Services with Dwight as Jesse's social worker. So Dwight's kind of going through Jesse's rap sheet of the charges that have been brought against him, breaking and entering, malicious mischief, vandalism, hence the graffiti, and resisting arrest because he didn't, when the police say, hey, you kids, stop, he didn't, he just kept running. So basically, and they had to tackle him to be able to get him, you know, under control and in handcuffs and whatnot. So, yeah, if you if you run for the from the and they say stop, it's like then I guess you're basically resisting arrest. So, and Dwight basically he's had enough of Jesse. He's like, hey, anything else I should know about? And Jesse says, yeah, I robbed a few banks. It's like, kid, get your butt in that chair and stay there. Yeah, he's like, I read a few banks, is that a problem? And Dwight's like, yeah, I'm glad you were only out there three days. So basically, yeah, Jesse has been, well, no wonder he's been starving three days, trying to find food. So Dwight is like, all right, look, Jesse, you know, giving him attitude and everything, of course Jesse is. And Dwight wants to like, hey, was Perry with you when you broke into this place? And Jesse is insane. He's like, Perry who? I don't know who you're talking about. And it's like, no, 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 no. And Dwight's like, no, don't come in here being a bonehead acting like you don't know anything. Don't clam up on me. So Dwight is saying he's basically trying to save Jesse's butt. It's like, look, I hate telephones, and I just spent 45 minutes talking to the police and that adventure park trying to put keep your butt out of baby jail <laughs> yeah he's basically going to bat for jesse like hey look this kid's just misunderstood he's got things going on i will take care of it i will set him straight just just you cut the kid a break this one time and we'll try to keep him on the straight narrow path but it's like Dwight can do that, but at the end of the day, even though Jesse's 12, it's like you need to start taking responsibility for your own actions and stop following the crowd because you're going to be headed down a path that you're not going to be able to come back from. Perry, we see, is already headed down a path that he's not going to be able to come back from. Odds are, because later on what we learn about what he's doing when he and Jesse meet up again... Is that kid is in a, oh, basically going to be in a one-way ticket to a jail cell at some point. And maybe that sounds judgy and stuff, but it's like, I don't know. Yeah. And Dwight says, you know, we were lucky. You were lucky this time. I kept your little behind out of court. 
which would have been, you get that kid in front of a judge, a judge is not going to be sympathetic to Jesse and the fact that we learn about Jesse's mom, who she kind of just dropped Jesse off and just wanted, we, we learn more about Jesse's mom, not only in this movie, but in the sequel when we find out, spoiler alert, that Jesse at age 14 has an eight-year-old half-brother he didn't even know existed. And Dwight says, you have to clean up the mess you made at Northwest Adventure Park. That's your probation. And then he asks Jesse, hey, do you have any questions? And Jesse's like, yeah, why should I have to clean it? Like, first of all, man, we can make your life a lot harder. All Dwight has to do is get on the phone and leave. let's go to court. Let's put Jesse in front of a judge. But he's helping you out here. You messed up, man. You gotta face the consequences. Uh, Dwight has had enough of Jesse. Like, oh, why am I working with these kids trying to help them out? And he's like, I'm working way too much overtime with you. Yeah, he's probably taking time out of his time when he probably could be going home at the end of the day. He's having to get Jesse out of this mess and keep him out of court, keep him out of juvenile hall. So Dwight warns Jesse, like, hey, you mess up again? I'm done. I'm out. I'm not going to be able to help you. I stuck my neck out for you today. But if you mess up again, it's like, my hands are tied. I'm not going to be able to do anything. They're just going to take you to, uh... Yeah, he tells Jesse, you'll be with the youth authority, court-supervised and controlled. And Dwight says, they'll put you in baby jail. That means a lockup in juvenile halls. Like, Jesse, you don't want that. Those kids there, they're just, uh... Yeah, you want a better life for this kid. But he has to be the one to take the steps to do it. Like, you can help him out all you want, but it's up to Jesse to steer the ship in the way that he wants to go. It's like, if you want to keep messing up, fine. But, you know, that's basically your future is going to be in Juvenile Hall and then eventually probably jail. So, yeah, you got one of two choices. You can keep down the road you're going, or you can start a new path. So, apparently, Jesse was going to be assigned to a placement in a foster home before he split. Dwight says, your placement is still on. The the green ones don't even mind this whole thing that happened. They still want to take you in. And Jesse, of course, again with the editing, like, what's wrong with them? I mean, and Dwight's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. Because they want you in their home, there must be something wrong with them, right? And Jesse is just like, what do you think? And Dwight says, I think that I'm, what I think, I think that on paper, you're still real young, so you get some chances. Not a lot of chances, but a few. A few. Do you understand what I'm telling you? It's like, yeah, Jesse is 12 years old. So he's not like 15, 16 years old. And at least this does get, you know, a judge is, you know, they're just going to let, you know, Dwight, like, don't worry, I can take care of him. We'll get this straightened out. Like, if he had pulled, I bet anything, if he had pulled this 15, 16, 17. A judge would have been like, no, 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 no social worker, we're taking this to court. 
But because Jesse is 12, they're like, well, maybe there is hope that we, you know, this kid can still be reformed. So Dwight goes and sits back down at his desk and he asks Jesse, do you have any questions about any of this? And the one question on Jesse's mind is, have you heard from my mom? And Dwight's surprisingly, you still, <clears throat> you still want me to know if I've heard from your mom. Yeah, he asks, you still want me to hear from your mom, basically. And Jesse's like, yeah, I just want to know if she's okay. So clearly she did have things going on where she was not able to care for Jesse. And Dwight's honest with him. He's like, Jesse, nobody's heard from your mom in six years. Breaking and entering. Malicious mischief. Vandalism. Resisting arrest. Anything else happen I should know about? Yeah, I robbed a few banks. Is that a problem? Yeah, I'm glad you were only out there three days, son. Oh, did you miss me, the wife? So, Miss Perry, would you own this number? Perry who? Don't play. <laughs> Don't come in here being a bonehead. Now, I hate telephones, and I spent 45 minutes on a conference call with the police department and that adventure park trying to keep you clean, son. You know what? We were lucky this time. I kept you a little behind out of court. You have to clean up the mess you made at Northwest Adventure Park. Ha, 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 ha. That is your probation. You got a problem with that? Yeah, why should I have to clean you know, it? I don't know why I pulled around two kids in the first place. You know, I don't know why I'm working so much overtime with you. But you stood out again here, and I am out of the picture. Gone. You'll be with youth authority. Court supervised and controlled. They'll put you in baby jail. That means a lockup in juvenile halls, sir. Okay, look. Your placement is still on. The Greenwoods are okay. They don't even care about this incident. What's wrong with them? Oh, I see. Because they want you in their home, there's got to be something wrong with them, right? What do you think? I think that on paper you're still real young, so you get some chances. Not an infinite number of chances, but a few. A few, son. You get it? any questions about uh, any of this? Hear from my mom? You still want me to hear from your mom? just want to know if she's okay. Nobody's heard from your mom in six years, Jess. And I was just, you know, I was, I was thinking about this before over the years that I watched the movies as an adult, and I'm just thinking the timing of the sequel with Jesse being 14 and him having an eight-year-old brother, that basically kind of means that when she dropped Jesse off, she probably could have or was close to being pregnant with Jesse's half-brother. So, yeah, I'm just like, oh my goodness. I just, I feel bad for Jesse, but the fact that he still wants to know about his mom, is she okay, that she clearly does have things going on where she cannot take care of herself, and she cannot take care of her son, so she had to give her son up. Well, it's, it's interesting how when you hear, when Dwight is driving Jesse to the Greenwoods, Glenn and Annie Greenwood to be exact, 
you hear that harmonica song, um, basically Free Willy's, Willy's theme, I guess, throughout this movie. So it's a nice day. We got Glenn. He's got a tow truck. I'm guessing that in an auto service place he runs. And he's just kind of waxing his truck when Dwight and Jesse pull up. And then Annie, of course, is like bursting out of the house so excited. So Dwight gets out of the car and goes over to Jesse's side and he just kind of stands out there and like, alright, anytime you're ready, big guy. I'm like, I can wait all day. And Jesse probably figures like, eh, let's just get this over with. So Jesse in this blue backpack pretty much is carrying everything he owns in there. Annie introduces herself to Jesse and yeah, we learn that Dwight and Annie have worked together. She also, she's a journalist, I think. She did a report on the um, the facility where Jesse was staying, the Cooperton. Greenwood Auto Repair. Okay, so that's what, um, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Glenn owns his own business. So, Glenn, you know, shakes Jesse's hand. Jesse obliges, like... <laughs> But the minute that Glenn's like, oh, hey, can I take your bag for you? And Jesse is just, like, clinging to his bag, his book bag, like, it's a life raft. Like, no! And Glenn right away is like, okay, okay. Jesse is glaring especially hard. Like, don't touch my stuff. And the way that Glenn kind of puts both hands up and, like, okay, okay. <laughs> So Annie trying to defuse this, like, why don't we go inside and wash up and we'll have dinner. Oh, they're having dinner. Okay, so I don't know what time of day this is, but clearly it's got to be around dinner time. Anytime you're ready, big guy. Hi, Jesse. Hey, Dwight. Hey, how you doing, Annie? Good, how you doing? Well, it's kind of been a long day for you both of us. Hello, Dwight. Hey. Hey, there he is. Can I carry your stuff for you? No. Well, why don't we uh, go inside and wash up and we'll have dinner. Well, Glenn got a little paperwork here for you. Always got to have the paperwork. You know, I bought a new car recently, man, with the contracts and all came to 37 pages. Oh, this is a lease. I ain't buying that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, of course, uh, Dwight's got paperwork for Glenn, and Glenn pretty much makes it understand because Dwight's like, yeah, I bought a new car recently, 37 pages with all the contracts and everything. It's like, you think buying a car, all the stuff you got to sign? How about when you buy a house, all the stuff you have to sign? Yeah. And Glenn makes it pretty clear. Like, yeah, well, this is just a lease. I'm not buying yet. As in, like, we're just trying this out. It's more Annie wanting to do this than Glenn. But it's like making it clear, you know, we're not adopting this. We're not jumping into adopting this kid. I mean, just by... by face value that first interaction that Glenn's like already like I don't know about this so 
we're inside and Annie is getting everything set up with, you know, rolls, mashed potatoes and whatnot and gravy. And Jesse's staring at this little computer. <laughs> I know it's 1993, but I swear there were monitors that were bigger than that. So just because he's standing there looking at it. Annie immediately thinks, like, oh, are you interested in computers? And Jesse right away is like, no. And Annie's like, well, I could teach you, you know, I was a little. And Jesse, like, looks at her and says, I'm not interested. It's like, dude, you need to chill out. I get it's not the greatest situation. It honestly, this is a life saving situation. This really, this saves his life. You know, these people, you know, take them. They're the nicest people, the sweetest people, and everything like that. But um, his attitude is not helping things. I mean, I get it. He's got a chip on his shoulder. You know, he was six years old when his mom just dropped him off and abandoned him. So, I get it. He's definitely got trust issues. And we don't, I mean, I don't think this is the first foster home that Jesse's been put in. So... Maybe most likely he probably did have bad experiences at other foster homes. And, he, you know, they all probably started out nice just like this. And as soon as the, uh, you know, Dwight-type person leaves, it's like then the people show who they really are. But Dwight and Annie are not Dwight and Annie. Dwight and Glenn and Annie aren't like that. They're really nice, welcome, welcoming, accommodating, all of that. So, yeah, Annie's kind of a newbie when it comes to computers. Like, oh, I could teach you. I learned it last summer. And Jesse just says, I'm not into it. It's like, dude, computers are the future. Eventually, you're going to have to learn. So, Glenn's like, yeah, that makes two of us. I'm not into computers either. And Annie's like, yeah, you know, I decided I wanted a second career as a journalist. She also says she's a teacher. So, yeah, she is a woman of many talents. I love the design of their home. It's really gorgeous. Especially the view of Jesse's. When we see Jesse's, it is, oh, my gosh. It's in a corner, but it's got, like, three windows. And they're just wide, gorgeous windows. The view is amazing. And she's talking, the whole time she's talking, saying, I'm taking the summer off to write. Well, she's writing a book, we don't know. Again, Jesse is probably starving. You know, he's been getting food here and there, but when he's offered all this, you know, mashed potatoes, rolls, you know, all this food is just there. It's like, dude, the, the food's not going anywhere, man. Like, But even Glenn's like, hey, Jesse, really, help yourself. Because he's like putting a mountain of potatoes on that plate. So, yeah, she says that like, she's been writing stories, articles, and stuff, and some newspapers have been taking an interest. Granted, it's not a paying interest, but, uh, and she mentioned she did a story on Cooperton. That's how she knows Dwight. And then, of course, Jesse's like, oh, Dwight's a jerk. It's like, that man saved your butt from going to juvenile hall. I think you owe him a, a lot of thank yous, Jesse. The look that Annie has, like, oh, my God. Even she's kind of like... Well, I th I'm probably pretty sure it's got to be the first foster situation that they've had. And even Glenn's like, oh boy. 
So he, he asks Jesse, like, Jesse, what exactly are you into? And Jesse says, with a mouthful of food, I'm not into talking while I'm eating. The, the raised eyebrow that Annie gives Glenn, just like, I don't know what that sounds like. <laughs> Interested in computers, Jesse? No. Well, I could teach you. I just learned last summer myself. Not into it. Makes two of us. Well, I wasn't either, but then I decided that I wanted a second career as a journalist and a teacher. And so I'm I'm taking a summer off to write. A couple of weeklies have uh, taken a couple of my stories. I haven't earned anything yet. Go ahead, just uh, dig right in. Oh, that food looks amazing. In fact, that's how I know Dwight. I did a story on Cooperton. Like it, Jim. Okay. So what exactly are you into, Jesse? Not into talking while I'm eating. <laughs> you wanted to do that. So Glenn and Annie show Jesse to his room upstairs. And she's like, well, our bedroom's downstairs, but you've got the best view in the house. And they, she is not kidding when uh, she says that because this room is gorgeous. Beautiful windows that open up on the water. And you see a bridge in the background. The sun is setting. It looks so, so beautiful. I would love that room. I love, they got a little bookshelf under one Window, the little nightstand in bed. Oh, it looks absolutely wonderful. She even went out and bought clothes for Jesse, so he's got some clothes. And she also says how she bought a lot of blue because Dwight apparently said that he liked the Jesse apparently liked the color blue, probably. <laughs> I don't know what he's basing that on, but okay. Well, the fact that Dwight's probably known Jesse since Jesse was six. He's 12 now because it's been. Six years since his mother left, so. He's got some Nike Air shoes on the bed, some blue shirts, and a wrapped gift with a, a wrapped gift. Um, it's a small square sized little box. And <laughs> it's got a blue bow on it. Gosh, I can't get over that view. It's amazing. They're like right by the water, and you can see the ships and the and the bridge and everything. Just looks amazing. I would love that room as if I were a kid or me speaking as a 39 year old adult. That is just ah. Annie is kind of pushy on this gift. Like, oh, go ahead and open it. And Glenn takes it. And it's like, oh, it's a a little welcome gift. You can um open it later if you want. The way that he, Jesse, is holding his bag, like, it's it's probably, yeah, everything that he owns is from, you know, before he went to Cooperton and everything, you know, his, with his mom and everything is in that bag. And maybe the fact that, oh, he's got a blue bag, he must like the color. Well, the fact that Annie is wearing blue jeans with a light blue denim shirt, Jesse's got a blue bag. Glenn's, like, auto mechanic jumpsuit thing, or, well, no, yeah, he's also wearing jeans and just a work shirt with his name on it. So many shades of blue. 
So, yeah, she's like, I got you some clothes, some socks. And she sits down on his bed, and she's like, and lots of blue. Dwight said you like blue. And Jesse just rolls his eyes, almost like, can you please leave so I can have a moment of time to myself to adjust to this situation? And she's trying to be, you know, as nice as possible. She, you know, just try them on. And if you don't like them, I mean, we can exchange them for whatever you want. So even Glenn can tell Jesse kind of wants them to skedaddle. He's like, well, you know what? We're going to get out of your hair. So, I mean, but if you need us, we are downstairs. And he says, good night, Jesse. And, of course, Annie just please just punch. <laughs> just, it's good to, we're happy to have you here, Jesse. That's just Annie, though. She's very welcoming and very sweet and caring and everything. Jesse. Our bedroom's downstairs, but uh, you've got the best view in the house. Go ahead, open it. It's a kind of a welcome gift. You can open later if you like. Uh, I bought you some things, um, some clothes, some uh, socks, and uh, there's lots of blue. Dwight said you like blue. Anyway, uh, try them on, and, and if you don't like them, we can exchange them. Well, I guess we'll get out of here now. If you need us for anything, we'll be downstairs. Good night, Jesse. It's great to have you here, Jesse. Nike bag. A lot of Nike. Oh, and he's got that uh, harmonica. Alright, so that's kind of how Jesse kind of decompresses is his harmonica. And I think in the second and third movie, the harmonica also does, you know, he plays it in both those movies. Alright, so as part of, like Dwight said, part of Jesse's probation is he has to clean up that mess he made with the spray paint. Well, he and Perry made together in the observation area. He's got to clean all that up. <laughs> and some of the stuff that he's using, like, um, a not a scrub, but he's, like, using, like, a, like, a, not a Brillo pad, but, like, some other thing that is just, like, like one of those Mr. Clean Magic Eraser type uh, sponges like you are not getting that off of that. I mean, that would take, you would have to repaint. Yeah, and he eventually ends up repainting that whole observation area. Because it's like, forget it, I'm not going to be able to get this spray paint off. I'll just, give me the paint and I'll repaint it. Wow, Glenn has got many work shirts. He's got the bluish green one. He's got the white one. Well, being like it's Greenwood Auto Shop, so and it's his own business. He can have as many shirts made with his name on it as he wants.
So, they got him a bike, too, so that way he can kind of come and go when he needs to. Like, you know, Glenn's going to be working, so it's not like he's going to be able to stop and grab Jesse on his, you know, once his community service is done. We don't know how many hours he's got to be there per day. And you know, there's, you know, child labor laws and all that stuff. So, Glenn tells him as he's getting his Jesse's bike out of the back of the truck, he's like, you remember that turn right before the bridge? That's 88th Street. My shop is just up from there. And Glenn says, if you go six more blocks past that, you're going to be at the house. So pretty much just letting him know it's not really a big town. You should be able to get where you're going on your bike without a problem. And he's like, all right, you think you can find it? And guess he's talking about the house. And Jesse kind of gives him a look like, yeah, I can find it. <laughs> like, this kid's been on the streets. He knows his way around. So Glenn says, look, when you go inside of the aquatic park, Look for the aquatic theater, and you're going to ask for Randolph. You think you can do that? And Jesse just ignores him, gets on the bike, and takes off. <laughs> and Dwight just, throw, Dwight, Glenn just throws his hands up like, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, like, no thank you for taking me. No thank you for the bike. No, I'll see you later. None of that. It's like, okay, great, bye. Oh yeah, we see this almost really, it's got like carnival looking rides, it's got um, food booths that are set up, it's just, all, it's a whole amusement, it's like an amusement park basically. Like a mini version of maybe SeaWorld kind of, I guess. So Willie clearly is the star, they have a giant orca statue just outside where uh, Jesse goes in. To find, just before you get to the, um, where Willie's at. So, yeah, this aquatic part, they have a, oh, there's Willie down there in the, his, um, tank. Yeah, they got a lot of people, oh, gosh, can you imagine sitting on these cement steps, basically, while you're watching the Willie show, or just anything? <laughs> that would have hurt your butt after a while. But there's like one, two, three, four, there's like six, seven, eight, nine, there's like over 15 people just sweeping these steps until they're like gleaming. And Jesse's like, hey, do you know where I can find Randolph? And the guy says, yeah, he lives over in the little cottage over uh, close by. So Jesse bikes it over there, and he just, he's knocking on the door asking for Randolph. And he <laughs> just walks in like, okay, maybe if I go inside, since, you know, the door is unlocked, maybe I'll find him. Randolph, Randolph. And he starts, like, looking at the Native American carvings because Randolph is Native American. Again, also, another Randolph is another one that has an amazing window view of the water. So Jesse goes over and he picks up the orca figurine. And because there's also um, a lot of figure. Well, do I really want to call them figurines? They're um, carvings like this killer whale is with a dorsal fin that goes up instead of being curved over, which we'll learn more about that later. Jesse's got to learn a thing about called boundaries because you are just walked into somebody's house even if the door was unlocked and it's really unlocked because randolph is nearby and he's probably 
thinking, well, I'm going to come back in here. Why do I need to lock the door? I'm not expecting a 12-year-old to be just walking into my my home. Because <laughs> while Jesse's staring at that, car that orca carving, Randolph says, so... The artist returns. <laughs> he really comes up on Jesse. And she's like, <gasps> he almost drops that carving. Well, the artist returns. Welcome back. We've all become great admirers of your work around here. But all good things must come to an end. Time to let your creativity flow backwards. You know what to do with all this? Yes, I do. Good. See you later. So Randolph takes Jesse down there to the observation area to show him exactly. And I love how he's being so sarcastic, saying, oh yeah, us around here, we've really become great admirers of your work, but all good things must come to an end. It's time now to let your creativity flow backwards. And he he looks at Jesse and he kind of points to his you know, graffiti mess. He's like, do you know what to do with all this? Since Jesse's carrying two buckets, he's got... The rubber gloves on. He's got the, you know, the sponges and whatnot. So and I figure, yeah, right now their observation area is going to be closed while he's working down there because, you know, you don't want people going down there and like, man, so graffiti your observation area. And people are going to think, oh, someone broke in here and did this. It's not safe. This area's not safe. We can't bring our kids here anymore. Like, no, just get down there clean it up then you're gonna paint it and all this stuff so i mean i guess the benefit is he does get to see willie kind of going around in his tank the thing is when jesse first saw willie it was dark it was thundering and lightning out so i only got little he didn't get just taken the full effect of just how large this whale is and even seeing him underwater it's just you're you don't won't get the full effect until he's like practically right in your face uh, <laughs> till he leaps out of the water. And the thing is, yeah, he's using a sponge on the window, which it seems, well, the soapy water seemed to be having the graffiti come off a lot easier than when you're doing it on the walls and stuff, that's going to be impossible. And not that I have experience, you know, scrubbing graffiti off of walls or anything, but it just seems like, dang, you guys... And Jesse is just taking in the sheer magnitude of the size of Willie. Just wow. Because it's daytime and everything. So all of a sudden he's like, you know, I want to go up above. I want to go up on the upper deck and kind of check this out here and see just how big this whale is. Like, dude, you haven't even been working for five minutes and already you're taking a break. So <laughs> Jesse's like looking in the wall like, where'd he go? Where'd he go? And Willie jumps up. Dives out of the water and makes a humongous splash right in front of Jesse. And Jesse's like, oh! And Randolph, of course, grabs Jesse by the shoulder and kind of spins him around. It's like, what are you doing up here? Aren't you supposed to be working? And Jesse just is like, oh, uh, nothing. I'm not doing anything up here. And then Randolph kind of explains about Willie, just saying, Willie gets into mood sometimes. You need to give him a spy, his face, just, 
if you leave him alone, he'll leave you alone, basically. And then he's saying Willie is weighs three tons, can crush bones to oatmeal. You, you really don't want to mess with him. doesn't say get back to work or anything. Oh, we see Jesse back at work scrubbing the other word for pee, basically. Off, trying and failing to, of course, off this wall. He, I don't know whether he's using just a sponge with like a Scotch-Brite sponge, it not, it's not coming off. That is something you are going to have no choice but to get some type of strong, something stronger than just that sponge to work with or some other type of solvent that can, <laughs> I don't know, but they're there, just repaint over it. That's all you really can do because it ain't coming off. If that were me, I'd be like, ah, forget this. But, of course, while he's doing that, everyone up above, they've opened up the park now for the guests and everything. So he hears one of the shows going on, which is the Sea Lion, sea lion Show. So, yeah, the Sea Lion Show plays four times daily, is what the announcer says. And your Adventure Pass will admit you to all sessions. Showtimes are at 10, 12, 2, and 4. Oh my goodness gracious. Hey, at least I have a two-hour break in between. But, oh, those sea lions. I bet they're exhausted by the end of the day. As well as the trainers. Like, okay. The two sea lions are Olivia and Belinda. Olivia and Belinda. <laughs> so cute. There really are not a lot of people in these stands. And again, like I said, they're con they're basically concrete steps that you're sitting on. Not the most comfortable thing in the world. There aren't even aisles, I don't think. Oh, there are kind of aisles that are painted green to let you know where to walk down. Oh my goodness. This part could really use a revamping, a paint job. I mean, crumbling concrete steps. That doesn't look safe at all. Of course, we have Dial. He's the villain in the movie. And we have the other guy. Um, don't know what his name is. He's the bigger guy. Um, yeah, Ray actually loves her job. She loves what she does. And, you know, she's uh, studying to be a marine biologist. Uh, we learned she has a boyfriend who is also studying the, you know, marine biology field, too. So that's cool. Yeah, there are a lot of empty seats there. <laughs> and when I say seats, I mean uh, concrete uh, steps. She's really, the sea lions are entertaining the crowd. Well, <laughs> There's like 20 plus people there. 
And yeah, she's just kind of putting them through their paces, doing like, oh, you should be ashamed of yourself with the fin like over the eye, or the two Olivia and Belinda sea lions kiss, giving each other a kiss, and it's it's cute, it's cute. Even Je oh my gosh, Jesse is smiling, everybody. That is a Kodak moment if I ever saw one, because I don't think we've seen him smile at all so far. He's too busy like grimacing and sneering and rolling his eyes basically so to see him smile just wow okay so the announcer does come on and say you know since the sea lion show is over with he says in a couple minutes you'll be able to see willie our prize orca whale since they don't involve him in shows in any anything because he you know he doesn't perform he's he's very stubborn he just you know he doesn't want to be there which is understandable like i said he was taken from his family and forced into a small tank and you're going to expect him to be happy about doing tricks and whatnot? No, no. It's like, forget it. You might have me here, but I ain't going to work for you. I'm not doing any of that. So the least that most people can do is get a glimpse of Willie. They can see him, but. So now Jesse is going to meet Ray. And Ray's not too happy with Jesse. Of course, neither is Randolph. She's like, she told me, like, you really messed up our observation area. And she sees Jesse looking at Willie, and she's like, oh, you like whales? And Jesse's like, I like him. And, yeah, she's like, well, he doesn't like anybody, so you need to steer clear of him. And then she goes on to say how Willie is a case. He's a very special case. And Jesse just kind of looks at her, just like, yeah, well, who isn't? It's like, kid, you're lucky. Yeah, they would have pressed charges if it weren't for Dwight trying to keep his... But out of juvenile hall, yeah, they were going to press charges. But luckily, Dwight was like, hey, let him work it off as far as cleaning up the area for you and stuff like that. So Jesse has a lot of maturing and growing to do. Again, he gets freaked out by really jumping out of the water. You're like a graffiti kid, aren't you? Oh, the graffiti kid. You really messed up our observation area. Sorry. <sighs> yeah, I'm sure you are, you brat. You like whales? I like him. Well, he doesn't like anybody, so you be careful around him. See, Willie's a case. A very special case. So, who is it? Kid, knock it off. I get it, he's got a chip on his shoulder, but dude, just, <laughs> like, just as easily, you know what? Your time is up here. We are going to press charges and we are going to have you in juvenile hall. They could easily just say that and say, well, we changed your minds. We want to press charges. And we want, yeah. And calls him, you're that graffiti kid. And Jesse says, I guess. So Jesse's outside by the chain link fence in the backyard playing his harmonica and he hears Glenn come out with the baseball club and Jesse, he's just like, oh, are you kidding me? Can you give me five minutes alone, please? Okay, seriously, Jesse, you're not from planet Mars. Do you not know what catches? It's two baseball gloves and a baseball. 
Because Glenn's like, <laughs> already got his glove. I'm like, hey, this kid's here. He's a guy. I'm a guy. We can throw a ball around. Why not? Because, like, hey, he's already got his glove on. And he throws, tosses a glove to Jesse. And it's like, hey, want to play catch? And Jesse just looks at him like, that is the weirdest. He's never heard of it in his life. Like, catch? What are you talking about? <laughs> It'd be like, uh, catch, you know, baseball, baseball glove. I throw it to you. You catch it in your glove. You throw it back to me. I catch it in my glove. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Glad it's just, yeah, I like throw the ball around once in a while. You know, I've had this mitt since I was in, like, eighth grade. Yeah, he's like, I used to sit around, spit in it, smack it. He is just, he loves this glove. He's like, see, it's got a nice pocket there. Look at that. Nice, huh? <laughs> he loves this glove. So, yeah, he's like, hey, come on, let's play. And Jesse is having none of this. He's like, well, how much are they paying you to be my jailer? And Glenn kind of looked at him like, jailer? What are you talking about? No, when Jesse asked that question and Glenn's like, <clears throat> jailer, huh? So Glenn's like, yeah, I've got such a great deal on you. You're a cash cow, kid. That plus a million dollars, I could probably retire when I'm 300 years old. Well, Annie has pretty much left it up to Glenn saying, look, we should instill some rules with Jesse. And Glenn is not like, oh, gosh, seriously, I got to be the one to, okay. He's like, look, I'm more of a rule breaker than a rule maker, but uh, maybe you can help me out in this situation. Like, you ask me what you need. And Jesse's like, you're asking me? It's like kind of incredulous. Like, what, what would I know? It's like, I don't know any rules. And Glenn's like, yeah, smart kid, like, you know, you've been around, you know. So you tell me what you want. And right away, Jesse's like, all right, you got to give me an allowance every week. Oh, Dwight, not Annie, Dwight says that Glenn is supposed to make some rules for Jesse, which makes sense. Like, you need to have a curfew. You need to let us know if you're going out, where you're going. Yeah, he starts in with the money. It's like, first rule is, uh, you have to give me an allowance every week. And Glenn's like, oh, wow, okay, well, here's five bucks. <laughs> five bucks in 1993. Hmm. And Glenn's like, all right, here you go. Here's your five dollars. What's next? And Jesse says, I, I don't know. I haven't thought yet of anything yet. So he's lenient with Jesse. He's like, well, while you're thinking about it, I need you in bed every night by 10 o'clock. Up every morning in time for breakfast. And he tells Jesse, like, I also want you in the house every night by 7 o'clock. And he also says, don't go running around the neighborhood and disappearing without telling somebody. We need to know where you are. Jesse's like, wow, this is a lot to take in. And he's like, oh, okay, here, here's your mitt back. <laughs> and Glenn just gives it back to him, like, no, you keep this. This is the grossest baseball I have ever seen. It looks like the beast from the Sandlot got a hold of it and just drooled and slobbered and just grossed it up. Like, ugh. That, that baseball, I mean, Glenn's got to be, what, late 20s, maybe early 30s, I'm guessing. And he's probably had that baseball since eighth grade, too. It probably was shiny and new, now, new at one point, but Because Jesse's just looking at it like, ugh.
play catch? Catch? Yeah. I'd like to throw the ball around once in a while. I had this mitt ever since I was in eighth grade. I used to sit around and spit in it, smack it, get a nice pocket there. Look at that. Pretty nice, huh? Let's play. So how much they pay you to be my jailer? Jailer, huh? Yeah, boy, I'm making such a great deal on you, you wouldn't believe it. You're a regular cash cow, kid. That plus a million dollars, I could probably retire by the time I'm 300 years old. Look, you're gonna have to help me out a little bit here. Okay? Dwight says that I'm supposed to make some rules for you, and the uh, problem is I've always been a better rule breaker than a rule maker myself. And, uh, so you're gonna have to tell me what you think you need. You're asking me? Yeah, well, you're the big expert, right? I don't know any rules. Oh, come on. Kid like you, been around, been in trouble. What's it gonna be? Okay. Let's see, uh... I got it. First rule is, uh, you have to give me an allowance every week. It's <laughs> five bucks. What's next? I don't know. I haven't thought of those yet. <laughs> well, while you're thinking about it, I need you in bed every night by 10 o'clock. And up every morning in time for breakfast. And I want you in the house every night by 7. Don't go running around the neighborhood and disappearing without telling somebody. Because we need to know where you are. Okay. Jesse's now painting the observation area and yeah he puts out his paintbrush he's like oh kind of looking around because he's on a ladder and he's like I'm almost finished with this place so he knows that his community service is just about up his job was to fix up you know repaint that observation area he's just about finished and he brings his harmonica and he starts playing it while he's down there and Will, apparently music affects him in a positive way. Because when Jesse starts playing that harmonica, he notices Willie responding and reacting to it. And Jesse is just like, wow. He's amazed. He didn't know that an animal would respond to music like that. So Jesse goes up above and starts playing his harmonica up there and everything, just watching Willie. Willie does, like... A backflip, like he jumps out of the water and like lands on his back, and right as <laughs> right as Ray has got a cardboard box filled with whatever they're going to be feeding Willie, which is just scraps of cut up fishes. <laughs> she he splashes her with water, and she's like, "Ugh, you have a nice day too, Grouch." Because Jesse's like kind of laughing like it's kind of funny. <laughs> and Jesse says, <laughs> he likes messing around with people's heads, doesn't he? And Ray says, yeah, he does. And Ray, you know, tells Jesse, you know, I can't get him to perform. You know, no one can. 
So she says orcas are really normally nice and smart. Willie's smart and nasty. And Ray looks at Jesse and she asks, you really like him, huh? And Jesse looks at her and says, yeah. Well, just such a serious you know, look on his face. Like, yeah, I do. Like, he sees something in Willie. You know, they both, like I said, they, Willie was taken from his family. Jesse was abandoned. They have that abandonment connection going on. Well, Willie wasn't abandoned. He was kidnapped. I love how Ray just tosses Jesse the cardboard box. Like, good, you can help me. So now Ray is going to kind of school Jesse about orcas. And Jesse's going to learn especially about why Willie's dorsal fin is curved over. Because he's looking at different pictures of orcas on this poster and their information. And he's like, well, that's not Willie. And Ray's like, yeah, it is. And Jesse said, no, it's not. His fin doesn't go up. It's curled. His dorsal fin is curved. And she says that that happens in captivity because he doesn't have a big enough tank. <coughs> Broken belly, Carson. Look, this is a good fish. That's a bad fish. Good fish, bad fish. I'm a stink of fish. Why aren't you wearing gloves? Every day we gotta sort out what Willie can eat from the cheap crap they buy him. Willie's a killer whale, right? <coughs> so will he kill us? Orcas are just hunters. Most of them eat fish. Well, sometimes they'll eat porpoises, squid, birds, <laughs> sharks. But Willie really likes his salmon. That's his chocolate. <laughs> salmon is his chocolate. Ready to get back to your painting? <laughs> yeah, like if you're gonna joke around, you can go paint. Okay, so I was wrong there. No, um, she was just telling him about how they have to sort through the really, like, it seems like whatever the fisherman can't sell for the day or whatever's been left behind probably goes to Willie and then Ray and whoever have to sort through it to make sure, like, if it has a broken belly, we can't give that to him. We just give him whole fishes, you know, so, Yeah. So, no, I think that the whole thing about why Willie's fin is curved, his dorsal fin is curved, that comes later. So, yeah. So, of course, it's nighttime. One of the rules is you don't just take off because we need to know where you are. As Jesse shimmies, he climbs out his window and shimmies down the drain pipe. And he ends up going to the water park while it's closed. And it's dark because his community service is up and he wanted to be able to say goodbye to Willie. So you could do that during operating hours. You don't have to go there. And, but I get it. He wants to go there by himself because he and Willie have a connection. So Jesse and Willie, Jesse is hanging. He is, oh, that is too close to be hanging out, man. He is like sitting on the rim so easily he could fall right into that tank. He's sitting there with his legs crossed, playing his harmonica. Randolph, of course, is nearby, so he hears that noise, wondering what it is. Turns the light on, and Jesse just books it. Of course, it's slick. He's in tennis shoes. He slips, falls into the tank, and Willie 
saves him and pulls him to the surface. Yeah, after Jesse says, says, you saved my life, and Willie just, like, turns around and just starts swimming away. Like, yeah, no problem. No big deal. So, yeah, Randolph finds him, takes him to his cottage, and he's making coffee for Jesse, because apparently he drinks it. And Randolph says, you must have something special, kid. That's why he didn't eat you. And Jesse's like, what do you mean? And Randolph says, I don't know. High blood, medicine roots. Or maybe you're just one lucky white boy. Take your pick. Yeah, when he's saying, like, you know, medicine roots and high blood and everything, and Jesse's like, no way. And Randolph says, well, then you're just one lucky little white boy. Do you like that? the sound of that better? And Jesse says, so confidently, says, Willie doesn't have a problem with me. We appreciate each other. <laughs> and Randolph laughs at like, appreciate. <laughs> Willie saved your butt. And then Jesse's like, I, you know, I don't know why everyone around here is such a, has such a big problem with him. And, and yeah, J Jesse gets up and walks away. And it's like, see, I don't understand why everyone has such a big problem with him. And then he starts to continue. He's like, just because. And then Randolph cuts him off and says, Willie doesn't like visitors in his tank. What were you doing there? So Jesse says, I came to say goodbye. As he's holding the orca carving, he says, my job was almost up and I didn't want to say goodbye. And Randolph gets to think, he's like, hmm, just maybe. And Jesse looks over his shoulder at Randolph and asks, what? And Randolph just kind of waves it off like, oh, you wouldn't be interested. Old Indian stuff. So Randolph starts talking about one of the uh, Indian stories about orcas were on the earth long before man was ever a whisper. And just saying how an orca can look into a man's soul if they want. Have you ever looked into Willie's eyes? Because he won't look at Ray or, May, er, or me, but maybe he sees you. Like, yes, there is obviously a connection there. You must have something special, kid. That's why Willie didn't eat you up. What do you mean? Well, I don't know. High blood. Medicine roots. No way. Oh, then you're just one lucky little white boy. You like your sound a little better? Willie doesn't have a problem with me. We appreciate each other. Appreciate? <laughs> Willie saved your butt. You know, I don't know why everybody around here has such a big problem with him just Willie because... Willie does not like visitors in his tank. What the heck were you doing there? Came to say goodbye. Job was almost up. Didn't want to say goodbye. Well, just maybe. What? Uh, old Indian stuff. <laughs> Orcas. Ever look in Willie's eyes? Those eyes discovered the stars. Long before a man was even a whisper on Mother Earth. Look into a man's soul if they want. Willie, you won't look at Ray or me. Maybe he sees you. So, Rena 
Scott takes Jesse home and notices the lights are on in the house. And it's like, oh, it looks like your parents are still up. And Jesse says, they're not my parents. It's like Randolph doesn't know the situation that Jesse is staying with them. He's being fostered by the Greenwoods. Because as soon as his van pulls up, Annie and Glenn are out the door. Ready to find out why Jesse just took off. So Annie reaches Jesse first because he's still, you know, wearing a towel. She's like, Jesse, where have you been? And then she, like, touches his hair. You notice, you can tell it's wet. She's like, oh my gosh, you're soaked. And Jesse says, I was at work. And Glenn's like, you're telling me you snuck out of the house in the middle of the night to clean graffiti. Yeah, that's a real likely story. Uh-huh. Where were you really? And Jesse says, I fell in the tank. And Annie kind of turns just to her, like, the whale tank. And Glenn is like, can someone please explain, tell me what is going on here? And Jesse takes, you know, he says, hey, it's, he takes a little, it's my fault, right? I fell in the tank. And Randolph is there just kind of watching this. And he finally kind of jumps on, like, hey, folks, relax here. I'm Randolph, by the way. Like, oh, Randolph, good to meet you. Yes, Glenn and Annie. <laughs> so Randolph just say he has been watching Jesse, you know, working and interacting with Willie. And he, he sees something there that, you know, we really could use Jesse for the rest of the summer. If you're okay with that, we could even pay him a little bit. So, you know, turn it kind of into a regular job. Randolph's driving a VW bug. Van. Looks like your parents are still up. Not my parents. Mm, they're not, but they have a right to know where Jesse, you've been. Jesse, where have you been? You're soaked. Does that work? You snuck out of the house in the middle of the night to clean up graffiti. Now that's an amazing story. Found the tank. The whale tank? Will somebody please tell me what the heck is going on around here? I slipped and fell in the tank. It's my fault. All right, folks. My name is Randolph. Randolph, how are you? I'm Glenn. This is my wife, Annie. Hi. I've been supervising Jesse down at the park. He's been doing a good job. Did his cleanup, helped out in some other areas, and made some friends. The thing is, we could use him for the rest of the summer, if that's all right with you. Make a job of it. Pay him a little something, too. What do you say to that? Yeah, yeah, I want to, please. Finally found something that you're into, huh, Jess? He is so well, excited. Well, that's okay, but days. No more of the sneaking out at night. Yeah. That's right. gonna stop. Just be straight up with us from now on, all right? If there's something that you need, just ask us. Think you can do that? All right, it's past your bedtime. I think you should get in the house, son. You're not your son. He didn't say it like that, Jesse. Gosh. Yeah, I know that. Jesse is excited about this. The idea, like, you know, he could spend more time with Willie. This turns into a job and everything. And Glenn's like, you finally found something you're into, huh, Jess? And Jesse's like, yeah, I want to. Please, can I do this? And they're like, okay. And Annie's even like, you're going to do this during the day. In the meantime, please, no more sneaking out at night. And they are really cool. And even Glenn's like, hey, Jesse, look, if there's something that you need, just ask us. You know, we're not going to. We're not going to shut you down just because you're asking us a favor from us and everything like that. They're really, really cool. And the thing is, he's like, all right, it's past your bedtime. I think you should get in the house, son. And the thing is, he didn't say son like, hey, you're my son. It's more of a, 
someone's saying, hey there, son, how you doing? They're not saying, like, oh, you're my son. It's just a figure of speech. But Jesse immediately bristles at that term, and he says, I'm not your son. And he walked in the house. And Glenn's like, yeah, I know that. So Jesse is riding his bike. He gets to the attraction, the, um, the park there, aquatic park, and it says attraction closed because they're doing, you know, testing, checking Willie's health and everything, seeing how he's doing. And of course, in order to do that, because Jesse hears Willie's cries, and he immediately is like, I gotta find out what's going on, why is Willie making those noises, he sounds hurt. And the way that they do these tests on him to check his health and everything is they have to put him in a, um... Gosh, what would you even call it? Like a, like like a slip or something. Like they gotta like keep him kind of contained, and it's almost like I guess maybe a stretcher type of thing almost. But it's not like flat. It's like it's got like a holes for his like pec fins to go through and everything like it. And the thing is, they gotta keep him still to do these tests on him, and you know that he's not into this. And they're yelling, like, keep him still, keep him still! And Willie is just, he's thrashing around, he's upset, and Jesse sees the uh, connecting things for the... <laughs> for the um, stretcher thing that he's in. And he uh, yanks on the cord, which releases the stretcher enough that Willie can get out. But Ray makes her feelings known. Like, she does not agree with the testing that they're doing and everything like that. I don't know if it's just to check his health or what they're doing, but she's not about that. And she is just so angry. Excuse me, no, it's a net that he is in. And he is, you know that... He probably has PTSD from that net. It's really bringing back horrible memories of when he was taken. That's why he's freaking out. And even Ray is saying, holding him in this net is dangerous. We've told you that before. You can't do this. And the guy's like, oh, can you finish the exam now? And the guy says, no, we can't. He's moving around too much. He's acting up too much. Well, of course he is. Okay, so Ray starts saying how... You guys, you and Dial bought Willie from some slimeball whale catcher. And Ray's saying he's too big and old to be caught in the first place, basically. He's not... I don't know whether to think if they were to go, have gone much younger, like almost like a baby, and whether it would have adapted a little more versus Willie. I mean, I don't know how old Willie is. I have no idea. And she's saying you put him in a dolphin tank alone, basically. You don't put him with any... Cause there wouldn't be enough room enough to put another orca in there because the tank is so small. And she even she tells him he's not a natural performer and you expect me to work miracles? Like, if he's not going to perform, he's not going to perform. I can't force him to, and I'm not going to do that. Yeah, and the guy says you're paid to train him, not analyze him. And Ray says these were not the circumstances described to me when I signed on. And Jesse is looking right at Willie, and Willie's looking right at him, and he just, you see this 
discomfort and sadness in him. And, yeah, the, the Dial's partner is just saying, like, hey, you're a professional, what, right? Then make it work. Like, he's not really giving her an option. Like, hey, if you can't do it, I'll find someone else who will. Basically threatening her job. This is, is the money maker. If the whale isn't bringing in customers, then we can't spend money on the whale and get him a bigger tank and get him the right food and a, the proper care. It's like, oh, great. <sighs> Until that is the case, then we gotta make do with the money that we have to spend on him. Randolph saw Willie pull, uh, saw Willie, saw Jesse pull on that chain. And he's telling the guy, like, you need to untie those back lines so Willie can get free. So I don't know where Jesse was going, but he walks right into Randolph. And Randolph says, I saw what you did. And Jesse's like, so? And Randolph says, so nothing. I'm sure Willie's grateful. And he doesn't say anything else, just walks past him. So Dial's partner is relaying to him what Ray is saying. We, you know, need to expand Willie's tank. And then the guy's like, Dial, the thing he's saying, oh, God, I hate that whale. I hate that whale. It's like, then set him free. If he's not bringing you in money, why are you keeping him? Well, he keeps dumping money. Like, he says, I just dumped 5000 into this whale's insurance policy for him. Or into his insurance premium, I'm guessing. And then... Dial's partner says, oh, he's worth more dead than alive. So what, they're ba- Ugh, This is horrible. This is horrible. They're basically going to make it so... We'll get to that. Like, oh, we can do an insurance scam. Just say, like, he died, and then we can collect the insurance money. Like, ugh. ugh. So he says it would cost at least 100000 to expand Willie's tank. Oh, then he just says, oh, I hate that whale. I hate that whale. Like, well, I'm sure he hates you, too. So, Jesse goes down to the pier and is asking some of the fishermen, like, hey, um, I was wondering if you guys got any scraps I can take off your hands. So, he's, he's looking out for Willie, like, hey, maybe you can find some better fish here at the fish market. And the guy, he's like... Yeah, why would you want scraps? Oh, um, why would your friend want scraps? Because Jesse's like, well, it's for a friend. Like, why would... <laughs> yeah, well, my friend's a whale. <laughs> and the guy looks at Jesse like, a whale. Okay, so we see Perry. I would be angry if I saw this guy again, if I were Jesse. This kid basically set him up. And he's hanging with, like, four other guys that look much older than him. Who definitely look like they are doing stuff that's against the law. Perry spots Jesse and is like, hey, Jess, what's up? You got new clothes? You got a new gig? And Jesse says, yeah, there are some people I'm staying with, they're pretty decent. Um, also, yeah, because Perry's like, oh, I heard you got, like, uh, popped by the police. Like, caught by them. And Jesse's like, yeah, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I had to clean up our mess, by the way. But it's not a big deal because I'm working there now, so. And I'm guessing that Perry is working for someone who's breaking into houses and stealing stuff. What's up, man? Perry. You're close. You gig? It was here. It's cool. What happened to you that night, man? It's like it popped. Not much. I had to clean up all our mess. I'm working there now. You looking for me? Nah. Cool. 
Yeah, it's a total drag, man. Sorry. No sweat. So where you been staying? Staying some, yeah. Working for him now. Looking out for cops and stuff, you know? I mentioned it to him. I can hook you up if you want. I gotta think about that. Snooze, you lose. Stop by sometime, huh? See you around. I gotta bail. Alright, man. See you. Later. So, uh, yeah, and the fact that he's even offering Jesse, like, hey, I talked to so-and-so about you. If you want, I can hook you up with a job, too. And Jesse's like, uh, yeah, I gotta think about that. More on the back of his mind, like, yeah, I'm not doing that. No, 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 that's not for me. He's got a really nice, you know, he's got a nice room, clothes, nice people watching him, you know, a roof over his head, food on the table. He's got an amazing friend who's a whale. Yeah. He's got a lot going for him. Why would he blow that and ruin that by doing something stupid? Like, stealing stuff and watching out for cops and all that stuff. You would definitely, honestly, with him wearing those shoes and stuff and they're getting wet all the time, you would definitely want another pair of shoes that's just for regular. Like, do you think there would be, like, water? Well, do water shoes really exist back then? Because if not, I mean, that's something he definitely could benefit using while he's working there. So that way you're not ruining your good shoes there. But that's just me. But he throws a fish in the water and he gets his harmonica out. And Willie brings the fish to him. And Jesse's like, well, wait a minute. I thought you liked fish. You don't like fish? And then it's like, no, it's how you're, you're just throwing it to him. He wants you to put it in his mouth. Basically feed him. And it's like, oh, okay. And he's like, oh, I get it. Because he's like opening his mouth. Like, no, I want you to like toss it in here. It's like, oh. Okay, so, all right, I'm going to make you a deal. I'll give you the fish, but please don't bite off my hand. <laughs> well, what's the matter, Willie? I thought you liked these things. Well, well, you're supposed to eat it like this. He's opening his mouth like you gotta put it in there. He's nodding like, yeah, you got it, yep. <laughs> like really weighing me off. Don't bite my hand off and I'll give you the fish. He's not gonna bite your hand off. You saved your life. Mmm. Come on. Hand outstretched. 
He definitely is a beautiful animal. Oh, buddy. I gotta go. <laughs> we'll save these scraps and fishes later. Aww. <laughs> He's following him. <laughs> <laughs> He's following him. What? You wanna go with me? <laughs> what if I can? Oh, I see it! The irritation on his dorsal fins. Oh, I can do that too. I mean, on his pecs. You do it with the other arm? Yeah. I'm waving. You do it with the other arm? <laughs> hey! Can you, can you wave? Turning in circles. What? You can go in circles? <laughs> oh my gosh, look at him doing it! Look at him doing it! Yeah, look at you! <laughs> it makes me dizzy. Looks like Willie's got himself a soul, man. Oh, the sticking out of the tongue! <laughs> Oh, no, he went under. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a lot of dialogue there. It's mainly just um, Jesse feeding Willie the fish. And then also, like, when he's walking along, Willie's following him, and then Jesse stops, and he, he, oh, before that, his, like, um, he does reach out to touch him, and just remarks on, like, wow, you're really rubbery, and just saying how your skin peels off and everything, and then when he gets up to go, Willie starts following him, and he's like, oh, it's like, hey, can you wave, and he's, Willie's waving his pectoral fin, and it's just, and you do, yeah, you see, like, the irritation around the 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 pectoral fin and everything on both sides just like an infection or something skin infection and it's just it's really really sad but um and also he's like you know jesse's kind of spinning in circles and willie's doing the same thing and he's like sticking his tongue out and everything is so cute and then randolph gets ray like ray come here look at this and it's really funny, though, they're watching Jesse and Willie interact with each other, and Randolph says, looks like Willie's found himself a soulmate. And it just, it's so sweet. And Ray goes over kind of cautiously, like, hey, Jess, can, can you feed him? And I love how Jesse is so confident, like, yeah, of course I can feed him. So he demonstrates, throws a fish into Willie's mouth, and he's like, here, Ray, you try it. She's just like, this is not going to work. No, Willie, like, when she goes to take the fish, like, to hand 
you know, throw it. He, like, ducks his head under the water while he does. And it's just, it's funny. And then he slaps his his back fin. <laughs> and then, yeah, this is where Ray does talk to Jesse about how she and Willie didn't really get on so well at first because she had to do a lot of medical tests on him. And, you know, he just came to really dislike her, even though she is a sweet lady. Because she's kind of taking Jesse on a tour as she's doing her daily tests of feeding the sea lions and everything like that. So just kind of like how things go at the park. So I like how Ray is teaching Jesse about orcas and how orcas in the wild, they live with pods. They stay with their families, especially their mothers, their whole life. Some of them do. They benefit from the structure and everything. So, and Jesse also asked, like, oh, have you seen them in the wild? And she says, yeah, my dad was in the Navy. And he used to do sonar research on whales. And uh, and she also mentions about, I thought she said go, she went to college as well. And, um, but here at the Adventure Park, she's just a trainer. So she's not really researching. Oh, she's going back to school to get her PhD in marine biology. Oh, that's so cool. I like that. Good for her. Jesse's worried that if Ray leaves, then Willie's going to be by himself and there's not going to be anyone to care for his well-being. And I'd be like, well, Randolph's there. <laughs> when she says, Char well, Charlie's in school, the suspicious look that Jesse gives her, it seems like he's got a little crush on Ray, maybe, maybe not. He's like, who's Charlie? And she's like, she turns him around and says, my boyfriend, Charlie. It, <laughs> this conversation takes a weird turn. She's like, oh, you got a girlfriend? And he kind of looks at her and he's like, what makes you think I want one? And she's like, well, just asking. So, Jesse sees a picture of an orca. They have all these different types of, you know, whales and mammal porpoises whatnot. He's like, oh, this isn't him. And Ray's like, yeah, it is. And then Jesse remarks how Willie's fin is plopped over. And Ray says, well, yeah, that's what happens in captivity. And Jesse asks why. And Ray says, well, nobody really knows. Maybe they just need more room to swim. And Jesse asks an obvious question, well, why doesn't Mr. Dial build Willie a bigger tank? And Ray says, because Dial likes to treat wild animals like they're commodities. And Jesse, of course, being told, he doesn't know what that means. And Ray says, well, that's just a big word that he likes to use. And she levels with Jesse. She says, you know, basically what it boils down to is Dial won't build Willie a bigger pool unless he feels he can make more money off of him. And then she looks at Jesse. She's like, you know, how would you like to help me with that? And Jesse is 100% on board, like, right away. Like, yeah, yeah, really, I would love to do that. I mean, we've already seen, you know, his interaction with Willie. They clearly have a bond. But part of me kind of wonders, like, if Jesse kind of steps it into that, whether Willie might feel semi-betrayed. Like, oh, you're just like one of them, one of the trainers that are trying to get me to do something I don't want to do. Like, it's fine if it's just Jesse and Willie, but when you include, like, a bunch of strangers and kids and noise, he's going to get really 
Yeah. And I think that could even be, and I'm sorry for throwing the PTSD word around, but part of me thinks is when we get to that point with Jesse going to, you know, perform with Willie and Willie has supposed stage fright, I think he, he definitely does have trauma issues because that banging that the kids are doing on the glass probably sounds a lot like what they were doing when they were making that noise when they were capturing and kidnapping Willie. So Ray instructs Jesse on how to use a target, which is like a pole with, um, it almost kind of looks like a bobber on a fish pole almost, like that little thing that bobs up and down. So it's just, a, it's like he's supposed to touch his nose with the, at the end of it and stuff like that. And it looks like Jesse, looks like he does have water shoes, like he invested in some water shoes finally. Like, thank goodness he, hopefully uh, Glenn and Annie got him some new Nikes. And before they get started with that, you know, Jesse's got a question as far as like, oh, can Willie kind of see me? And Ray says, yeah, he, he can also hear you. Can he hear me underwater? And Ray says, yeah, he can also see you from anywhere in the, or hear you from anywhere in the tank. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, good vision, good hearing. So, yeah, she has Jesse move the pole with the little um, rubber end on it to get Willie to uh, touch his nose to the end of it. And it's just like, oh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really, it's cool. And <laughs> Willie's like rolling over. It's so cute. And Ray says, you know, orcas love to be touched, held, you know, hugged, petted. They, oh, they love to have their tongue scratch, stroked. And Jesse kind of gives her a weird look like, you mean you want me to stick my hand in his mouth and rub his tongue? She's like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do that. And I like how Willie, like, curls his, his tongue and Ray says, you'll learn to read him, his signals and everything. So now Randolph takes Jesse into to his place and he gives him a book that was given to him by his father. And he says, it's Haida. And Jesse kind of looks at him confused like, what? What's that? And Randolph says, Haida is the name of my people. Let me turn the um, subtitles on. Randolph says, there's so many fish in the water that you only had to hunt a day for food and everybody ate like kings. So Jesse's like, oh, okay, what'd they do the rest of the time? And Randolph says, carved and painted totems, <laughs> made music, told stories, made babies. <laughs> that last one, he's got a smile on his face when he says it. So Randolph starts telling Jesse a story about uh, Nazi Lane, I don't know how you pronounce it, um, had gotten lost while he was uh, hunting fish with the other warriors. He lost his way, and an orca had come and saved him. So I'm going to play this just because it does carry into the sequel. Well, because Randolph names his boat after the this uh, Indian of his, his uh, Native American of his tribe, excuse me. Hi. 
the name of my people. 300 years ago, there were so many fish in the water, my people only had to spend one day a week gathering food, and everybody ate like kings. That's what they do the rest of the time. Carved and painted totems, made music, told stories, made babies. Sounds good to me. Scott. It's a hiding word for whale. Matsipane was a, a hider who lived a long time ago, before there were orca whales. Hunting fish with the other warriors, young Matsipane lost his way and found himself all alone. While he was searching, a fierce storm began. Matsipane couldn't find shelter anywhere. But the otters came and took him way down deep under the water where he was safe for the night. After the storm, Matsipane again searched for the graves. All he found was a huge log. He began carving a great beast in it all. He tried carrying it to the ocean. Finally, he found some water, but it wasn't the ocean. The great carving sank to the bottom of this pool and disappeared. Matsy Planet sat and watched and waited. He said a prayer he never heard before. Salana, hey, young Isis. So yeah, disregard what I had said prior to me playing the clip about the story of um, Nazi Klinet, I believe his name is. Um, and it's really cool. I like how it transitions from Randolph telling Jesse the story to Jesse telling, relaying the story to Annie. And just, he is so excited. He is so into explaining the story. And she's just hanging on to his every word. And it's just, it's so great to see him excited about something. And just, he's smiling. And it's just, yeah, Randolph gave him the carving of the, the, the whale. And that's just, that's really, really cool. And that prayer that Nazi Clinet was saying is going to play a part later on in the movie. So we do get to see a montage of Jesse mopping the floor of the observation room 
And then he's like putting his feet on Willie's back and (laughs) he's also playing hide and seek with Willie. It's just, it's so adorable. Oh, Jesse's going to steal that salmon. (laughs) Cause he's back to the fish market again. But the fish has got a broken belly and whatnot. What do you, well, what, it's salmon, right? I guess Willie likes salmon, so he'll have it whatever way. And he's holding it up on these, on that uh, ladder thing, or extension thing that extends out kind of into the tank from above. And Jesse's like, I got your chocolate, chocolate buddy. <laughs> it's salmon. And Willie jumps out of the thing and just takes it from him. And it's just like, oh. We see, I think they're trying to test his blowhole, blowhole, Willie's blowhole. And then we got Jesse wearing Randolph's hat. I guess I want to see if Willie's blowhole, when he blows, can like, and he does, he blows the hat right off Jesse's head and it's hilarious. So it's evening time. I don't know. Jesse's probably waiting around for Randolph to get done with work so he can take him home. Well, I thought he'd be like. He's got his bike, and it's not pitch black out. He can still ride his bike home. But, yeah, he's hearing Willie make this awful high-pitched noise. Not like when he was, you know, having that examination done, but, no, just sad noises. And he doesn't really know yet that what's on the other side of that, uh, on the other side of that, uh, of the, um, the ocean and stuff like we haven't gotten that far yet like no there's a reason behind why he's crying at night <laughs> this is a weird i don't know why is jesse smelling the roast to make sure it's because annie's kind of looking at jesse like why are you sniffing the roast and then he puts it down like yeah it's fine jesse's off on his bike again it's really cool that everything is like right within you know bike riding like, everything is really, really not too far away. You know, driver's licenses, you know, kids, that's how they get around. You know, bikes. So, Jesse does the, uh, the, the hand signal from, uh, Nazi Kline on Willie, and I'm guessing that's what that is. Because he, Willie, like, jumps into the air and back down into the tank. Either that or it's just maybe it's a signal for jump out of the water. Oh my god, yes! Remember when, um, <laughs> cheerleaders used to have those black hard plastic bottoms on them back in the day? And you could use them to, like, as a, like, a planter or something? They don't have that anymore. But I remember back in the day when they had those. I don't know why they were on there like that. Because now it's just a regular two-liter. You don't have to have that hard plastic thing on the bottom. Oh, that's right! Now that I think about it, that's right! Because it would be the hard plastic bottom, but then you could disconnect it from the rest of the the white plastic part would break apart from it. I forgot about that. And, yeah, he's got two two two-liters with, like, a little bit of rope in between them. It's just a handmade toy that Jesse made for Willie. That's kind of cool. 
It's not like you can go to a PetSmart and like, hey, I want a toy for a whale. You don't have one? Okay. Oh, yeah, he's like having him do a big slap with his, uh, his fin there with the little, um, pectoral fin. And then he's having, Jesse's having him do like big circles going around and, you know, spinning around. Yeah, he actually Jesse gets into the into the tank and really like pushes him along and then Jesse like kinda climbs backwards on his back and everything. It's just so cute. He's like riding the wheel. And now he's just kinda giving him a nose rub and he's like, Okay, just don't bite my hands off because Willie definitely wants to have his tongue stroked, so okay. Oh, he kissed Jesse kisses him right on the nose. I love that. He looks over when he's rubbing Willie's tongue. He looks over and Ray's got this smile on her face. Almost like, yeah, I knew you could do it. I knew eventually you would be comfortable enough to do that. Know that Willie's not going to bite your arm off. So things take a turn here. Um, Jesse's dropping off dinner to Glenn at Greenwood Auto Repair. And Glenn's on the phone with, you know... A business call probably trying to get parts or whatever it is and the subject gets on you know cars and then talk of mothers because there's a picture of Glenn with his mother who sadly passed away when he was young and then there's talk to, about Jesse's mother and everything like that and it just Glenn's Maybe he feels like it's comfortable, like, oh, we're talking about my mom. We can talk, you know, talk about your mom. Because Jesse start, he's still under the impression that his mother, he's just kind of biding his, his time until his mother comes back to get him. And that is the false hope, maybe a sense of security, that his mom is just with whatever's going on with her. I just have to wait till she's well, and then she's going to come back and get me. And Glenn oversteps where he says, Oh, really? You know, that's not what they said, as in, you know, Dwight and probably the social work, you know, you know, according to Jesse's case file and everything. And Jesse, he blows up at him. It's like, dude, Glenn, you were going so well and you had to over... Uh, yeah, I mean, it just it feels like you're almost undoing all the progress you've made just by kind of letting this oh well according to Dwight and yeah your mom is uh like no 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 that you could have just left it like yeah she passed away a while ago or the talk because Jesse's mom's like oh yeah my mom's coming to get me one of these days and Glenn's like oh really and Jesse's like yeah not too long from now and oh gosh Glenn why you're going so well. Things are looking so good. Coca-Cola! <laughs> you got a Coca-Cola machine right outside. And, of course, the uh, two-liter two, two toy that Jesse made is also Coca-Cola brand bottles. Well, there's a picture of him there. Right. Oh, neat car. <coughs> Check it out. Like that car? Oh, yeah. It's a classic. It was the love of my life. 
spent a year and a half putting that baby together, getting it in primo condition. And then I had to sell it. Why? Well, simple reason that uh, you can't have more than one love in your life. Who says that? Two years ago, I thought it was running. Mom's gonna kid. get me one of these days. She is. How'd you love him now? Well, that's funny. It's, uh, it's not what they said. He really shouldn't have said that. I don't believe you, do you? It's not that. I just was under the impression that. I don't care what those people said. Those people don't know anything. Mom has some things to take care of, and when she's done, she's coming back for me. So, yeah, um, okay, so his mom, uh, Glenn's mom passed away a couple of years ago. Okay, so he's had his mom for well into his adult years. Um, but the fact that he's like, oh, well, that's not what they said. I was under the impression, it's like, yeah, Jesse's like, what, you don't believe me? And then he he's angry, he's like, I don't care what those people said, those people don't know anything. My mom has some things to take care of, and when she's done, she's coming back for me. And then he takes off. And the fact that Glenn tries to reach out to, like, um, reassure him or something, and Jesse pulls away, it's like, whatever connection you think you had or might have had over the course of... I don't know whether it's been two months, three months, four months. I, I don't know how much amount of time has passed that he's been with them. But whatever that connection they were building has now been completely severed. Because, well, the fact that Jesse even brought up, he asked a question like, do you and Annie ever fight? And my question is, I'm wondering is the fact that if he asked that was because Maybe other homes that he'd been in before, if he had been, you know, people fought all the time. Or maybe he's remembering, you know, maybe his mom and his dad would fight all the time or something. And he's just kind of, you know, and, and Glenn kind of plays it off like, oh, yeah, we schedule one like every other month or so. Why do you ask? And Jesse's like, oh, I was just curious. It's like, they seem pretty well-to-do. You know, they don't, they seem pretty agreeable, but, you know, people fight. They, they have arguments, disagreements, but, uh, knock down drag out fights? No. I mean, if anything, Jeremy and I might have a disagreement about something, but we don't, like, start screaming at each other or yelling. Neither one of us, I don't think, ever raises their voice to the other. Like, if anything, we just have a difference of opinion. 
And then we hear the other person out, and we're like, yeah, that actually makes more sense. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying we're a perfect couple by any means. I mean, <laughs> every couple's got their faults. But Glenn's been out looking for Jesse. It's pouring rain outside. And Andy's like, oh, did you find him? And uh, Glenn's like, no, I didn't find him. Um, yeah, I checked at the park. I checked here and there. He's not there. I don't know where he is. And she's like, oh, it's really getting late. And Glenn is irritated. He's like, yeah, I know what time it is. And he apologizes. He's like, I'm sorry. And then that's when Jesse comes in the door. And, of course, Glenn's anger is like, no, we told you that you cannot just take off like that. You need to tell us where you are. Where have you been? And Jesse's not having it. It's like, you can't tell me what to do. I'm not living here. I'm not your son. I'm just staying here for a while. I feel bad because it just seems like they were doing so good and just bringing up Jesse's mom or just basically Jesse feels like Glenn's calling him a liar. Like, uh. And Glenn and Annie do argue. And the fact that Annie's saying, you know, you know why you let you, it scares you. He scares you because he reminds you a lot of your, yourself. You see a lot of yourself in him. And the fact that Glenn, Jesse overhears this because he's at the top of the state because he runs up to his room. And Jesse hears Glenn say, Annie, I'm happy with it being just you and me. And it's just like, oh. Because we knew Glenn was not the one that was 100% on board with this situation anyway. It was all Annie. And the whole, I, I don't know if that just goes with happy wife, happy happy life. I don't know, but, um, yeah. Hey. Why don't we have a cat door? Do they have a cat? Maybe we should call Dwight. It's after 11. I know what time it is. I'm sorry. Jesse, where have you been? What do you think you're doing? You weren't at the park. Supposed to let us know where you are, remember? Doesn't matter. You wanna dump me? Go ahead, I don't care. I'm not living here. I'm staying here for a while. Why would you think he wants to dump you? And just drop you? How do you like that? Just when you think you're starting to get through, starting to make some sense, starting to make a connection. Whammo! driving me crazy. You know Let's why you're really on. angry? No. Why you want to know why? Because yeah. you have feelings for him. You had to get him a baseball, didn't you?
Bullets argue sometimes, but that doesn't mean that anybody's gonna get hurt. I would never hurt Annie. Or you. You should know that. I know. I see you open your present. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that even Glenn was saying to Annie when Jesse races upstairs, because Jesse thinks that they're just going to drop him, they're going to dump him, like, we're done with you, we can't take this anymore. And Glenn is thinking, you know, we, I tried to make a connection with him, and he's just basically slamming a door in my face, like, you think you gained some ground, all of a sudden, boom, it's like you're back at square, square one again. And the fact that Annie's like, well, he's scared and he's pushing us away. And, you know, Annie tells that to Glenn. And Glenn's like, yeah, I'd like to give him a push right off the door. Because he, he's done with it. He's over. It's like, look, we tried. We did the best we could. And we don't owe anybody anything. And it's like, and the fact that he's telling Annie, like, oh, what is this, another one of your crusades? Like, oh, you got to save every kid that comes from a troubled home or something like that. And she's like, no, this is not a crusade. This is, you know, and she's like, you're talking about a human being here. Okay? Seriously. And when Jesse's like, Annie, just, Glenn is like, Annie, I'm happy just you and me. And that's when Jesse takes that baseball that he unwrapped while they're fighting and throws it through that beautiful window. And... Annie and Glenn go up there, and Jesse's crying. He's upset. It's like, uh, uh, yeah, he's like, I heard you guys fighting, and that scared me. It's like, yeah, that's probably why he asked. He probably does have trauma for maybe he remembers when his, his parents were fighting, even though his mom dropped him off, you know, when he was six. He probably does have memories of, you know, his parents fighting, and, you know, that can be triggering. I mean, that's the thing with me. I can't stand, luckily, I'm not around people who fight. I and I just, that is something that is kind of triggering for me. It's just because of my past, you know, trauma with, you know, yelling and, and, you know, growing up in my household and stuff like that. There's that going on. And um, that kind of, I guess you could say it does kind of trigger me. Um, hearing yelling and stuff, it really, really scares me. It sets me on edge. And luckily... I don't hear people fighting very often, thank goodness, because that, like I said, that just, it scares me to death. It could be, like, an argument about whatever, but with raised voices, that really sets me on edge. So, Glenn notices Jesse opened his gift, like, oh, I see you got opened your gift. And Jesse's like, yeah, thanks, because, and I like that. Glenn explains to Jesse, like, look, buddy. Adults argue, but that doesn't mean that someone's going to get hurt, you know? I would never hurt Annie or you. And then he's like, all right, Jess, let's go outside in the dark, in the rain, and go find the baseball. They'll have to put something over that window until they can get it repaired, because it, it, it didn't shatter, but it put a really good-sized hole in there. It's like, it is raining out. 
So, yeah, <laughs> Jesse, the fact that he stole that salmon and he goes back to the fish market and it's the same guy he took the salmon from. He's like, you're not going to steal this one this time, kid. I should charge you double for this. <laughs> so, yeah, Jesse <laughs> feeds Willie a salmon. He says, I got that from, with all my pocket money, it's from... Me to you. Enjoy. And he puts it right in Willie's mouth. And it's like, that is, that salmon looks a lot better than the one that Jesse stole. They had kind of like a broken belly and everything. It's just like, yeah. And Jesse's sitting on kind of the lip of the, the tank. And it just, oh, I love, I love their special moments together. Of course, guess who comes running, coming up? It's Perry. It's like, oh, I thought we were done with this guy. Hopefully this should be the last scene of seeing Perry. Because this kid is just, he's no good. He's bad news. He's just, Jesse's gotten his life under, you know, on the mend and everything. He's doing good. He's made a friend. He's making progress. And here comes his old life just pounding on the door. So, Perry is definitely at least a head or so taller than Jesse is. And, of course, Perry comes down where, smoking a cigarette. Looks like he got a black eye. So, he either got in a fight or someone punched him. So, Perry says he's getting out of town. He's going to Sacramento, then L.A. Well, I mean, they're in, what, Washington, so they're not too far away from it. I don't know who this Dayton person is, but Perry says, yeah, he and I are, like, business partners now. He is, he is it's like he's trying to re recruit Jesse for this life of crime, and Jesse turns away from him and is like, Perry, I can't do that right now. Because he's looking at Willie. It's like, yeah, I, I don't want to give up this life. He's He's got a, a good life right now. You know, he's got a job. He's got a cool friend in Willie. He's making progress living with Glenn and Annie. Why would he give all that up to just live on the streets or work for some guy stealing things? Come on know that Perry is headed down a road of basically jail. Yeah, and Perry's like, oh, come on, man. This is major stuff. We're gonna be rich. Really? And Perry's like, all right, we'll be that way. Oh, here's where we're going. And he hands Jesse a postcard that says Venice, California. And it's got two women in bikinis, like, stretching their legs up, like... Oh, and they're on uh, roller skates. And Perry says, hey, look, if you ever get the guts to go, look me up. <laughs> he does not need that life. He does not need you to lead him down a road that he's already been. That just... <sighs> he's causing... Perry, you've caught... you need to get going and go. Just go to Venice. Go to California. Get out of Jesse's life and do not call. Me again. It's from me to you. There you go, bud. Got that with all my pocket money. Enjoy. Oh, Perry. What's up, man? 
is it? It's an orca. Awesome. Definitely awesome, man. So, I'm going for Sacramento and L.A. Dayton and I are like business partners, you know? You can get in on it. Perry, I can't do that right now. Oh, come on, man. This is major stuff. I'm gonna be rich. All right, fool. Be that way. Here. This is where we're going. Look, if you ever get the guts to go, look me up. Sure. See you, Perry. So... Perry leaves and Jesse goes to goes to sit by Willie. He's like, "Hey, Willie, you miss your family?" And then Jesse starts talking about his mom. He's like, "Yeah, well, my mom's a pain." He says, "Couldn't take care of me. Couldn't even take care of herself." And Jesse says, "I haven't seen her since I was little." It's understandable. You know, he still misses her. She's his mom. And and Jesse really he's. I like that, you know, he's opening up to Willie. He's got to open up to somebody. And if he doesn't feel comfortable talking to the Greenwoods, or he's not going to talk to Dwight about this stuff. Or Perry. Perry doesn't care. So at least, you know, Willie's there. I mean, to just kind of just, you know, bounce it. Like, you know, yeah. And, and, and Jesse even says, you know, the Greenwoods, you know, Glenn and Annie, they're okay. I mean, yeah, they're okay, but... They're not his biological parents. And he says, you know, it, it's rough. I'm nervous with him. It's like, yeah, he probably does feel like one wrong move and he's going to be shoved out the door. That's probably why he doesn't want to get too comfortable. It's because he's probably been known, you know, he's probably been shoved around from one home to another and, and the times that he's run away and stuff. And he, it's very hard to trust people. You know, and he, yeah, he definitely does have trust issues. Even, like, Glenn and Annie are the nicest people in the world. And still, it's like, you can be that way, but <laughs> Jesse's still gonna have to, you know, trust issues regardless. And it has nothing to do with how nice Glenn and Annie are. It's just from past trauma and past experiences that he's trying to work through. And Jesse says, you know, that's just the way it is. You know, I mean, it could be a lot worse. Like, yeah, you could be Perry right now, who's on his way to California to a life of crime and committing robberies and burglaries and stuff. Yeah, the only place that guy is headed is a jail cell. Yeah, and he's, Jesse says, you know, it could be worse. You know, really, I mean, you understand. And, you know, Jesse's petting Willie, and he says, you know, I'm sure you miss your family, too, and I hope you find them one day. It's like, yeah, you know, well, and we've all seen the movie. I mean, we know what happens, so, yeah, one day Willie's going to be reunited with his family. And he kisses Willie on the nose and rests his head on, really, on Willie's head. He says, I love you, Willie. It's like, oh.
your family? Yeah, well, my mom's a pain. Couldn't take care of me. Couldn't even take care of herself. I haven't seen her since I was a little kid. But, you know, I still miss her. Greenwoods, they're okay. <laughs> they're okay. You know, it's rough. I'm nervous with you. That's just the way it is. A lot worse. Really? You understand? I'm sure you miss your family too. And I hope you find them one day. So we see Dial's assistant waiting for him, and of course Dial rolls up in this top-down Corvette-ish type vehicle because Jesse and Ray have worked together to kind of concoct a sample show or, you know, of Willie performing, you know, different tricks and stuff in hopes that we can do the Willie show and bring in more money so we can do upgrades to Willie's tank and all this stuff. Get a better food, better care, all that. So, yeah, we see Jesse there. He's like, oh, you want to do some tricks today? And I like how Willie, like, nods his head yes. And then Jesse does the, with both hands, kind of the upward motion towards his chest. And Willie, like, like sprays water upward. It's just so cute. <laughs> He's getting Jesse spraying water on him. He's like, oh, don't squirt me, squirt everyone else. <laughs> and he sends Willie kind of on his way. And Willie's just doing the like spraying water. <laughs> so he has Willie turn around kind of so he's floating on his on his back. And it Oh, and he's like Flapping his, his tail and everything. <laughs> this is cute. Jesse's like, oh, why don't we thank the nice people for their applause? And Willie burps. <laughs> and Jesse says, excuse yourself. And Jesse's like, thank him. And Willie, like, puts up his fin and waves it. Oh, I like that is cute. So he uh, Jesse has him play with this little... um blue inflatable ball like hey you want to play ball he has willie kind of going around the tank doing like a little barrel roll so and willie actually slides out out of the tank like right in front of jesse that is like the big show that's the whole act and the thing is willie's doing great being it's just two people you know the owner and co-owner in the in the audience and everything like or owner and assistant in the audience but it's like think about it. you get a whole crowd of people like that entire stadium auditorium is filled with people you got people down in the observation the kids beating the glass that's gonna freak him out he is yeah that's probably you know again he's getting you know trauma back from when he was taken from his family. And I'm like, you know, men beating the boat with oars and stuff like that. So that, yeah. 
Like, it works here when there's no one really here. And he doesn't have all that noise going around. And <laughs> Ray's like, and that gentleman is our show. And uh, Dial's assistant is just, like, clapping. Like, yeah, that was great. And I don't know. Dial just looks like, uh, okay. And, yeah, Jesse blows the little uh, training whistle, and Willie goes back into the water, and Ray and Randolph hug Jesse. He's like, you did it, you did it, this is great. And, of course, Dial asks the question, like, can you do this again? Like, with this, a whole crowd of people here. That is the big thing. It's like, sure, you can pull it off now, because there's, like, the auditorium is empty, but when you get, like, 500-plus people here, is he going to be able to do that with all that noise and everything? And Jesse's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, can you do that again? And Jesse says something of the effect of, do dogs pee on brick walls? And Ray kind of looks at Jesse like, just say yes. Yes, he can do it again. Like, yeah, of course, absolutely. Would you like to do some tricks today? <laughs> okay. So you can do all that again. 
What you and Ray want cost a lot of money, I have to be sure. Dogs pee on brick walls? Jesse, come on now. Um, I mean, yes, sir. Sure, we can do it again. Anytime. Oh, there we go. Oh, there's a smile. Dials. Smile. Maybe able to turn this around after all. It'll cost us to set up a show. So what? We let the kid work up a presentation. It catches on. We're back on track, just like we planned. The Willie Show. It'll make money. And that, my friend, is what we are all about. Yeah, I mean, Dial does explain, like, this, what you want to do is going to cost a lot of money. So we got to make sure, like, can he do this again with people here and noise and all of that. And Jesse, Jesse of course, is like, do dogs pee on brick, brick walls? And Ray kind of is like, Jesse, come on now, we're trying to sell this here. And you're... So, um, yeah, and Dial actually smiles. I'm like... Oh my God, I didn't know that guy had that capability to do that. So yeah, when he's walking out with his assistant, it's like, this really sounds great. I mean, yeah, of course, there's going to be a lot of money to set this up. But if the kid is confident that the whale can do this again, then I mean, and we can keep, you know, performing. I mean, this is, you know, us, you know, bringing in money. Of course, like, this is basically what we're all about is bringing in money. He's like, I see it now. The Willie Show. And yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. So yeah, the place is hopping. We see special appearance, Willie the Whale. And, you know, we got the, the, the food. We got the games, like a little carnival. I mean, it was an amusement park in a way with, you know, rides and all that fun stuff. So, yeah. It's like a semi-watered-down version of SeaWorld, I guess. Now appearing Willie the Whale. So, yeah, I mean, they have, you know, a lot of people to promote the Willie show. I mean, you see jugglers, you see inflatable toys, pinwheels, someone dressed as Willie the Whale walking around saying, here's a program for the Willie show. And Dial, again, he's smiling because, you know, you're filling up seats. Well, again, concrete steps. But we got green and yellow balloons, which I'm guessing, because Randolph wears that green hat that says Supersonics, so I'm guessing. And there's, like, because when he put the hat on Chessie's head, there's, like, on the side, like, a little NBA player, like, that logo. So is it Seattle Supersonics? Alright, so I looked it up, Seattle Supersonics, or Seattle Sonics. Oh, Seattle Supersonics, commonly known as Seattle Sonics. Let's see, 1967 until 2008. After the 2007-08 season ended, the team relocated to Oklahoma City, where they are now playing as the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the announcer is also saying the Willie Show starts in five minutes. We also ask that you remain seated at all times during the Willie Show. If they had just closed off during the show, at least, the observation room. It's like during the performance, it's like, yeah, the room is going to be closed off after the show. If you want to go down there and look, that's fine. But during the show, that is going to be a big, big problem because that noise and everything is going to be a distraction.
Uh, you see all these kids filing downstairs into the observation area, which looks a lot better. Doesn't have graffiti. Jesse did a great job painting. And Willie's kind of, you know, he's kind of off to the side, you know, waiting to make his appearance. And then all of a sudden he's hearing all that. The kids banging their hands on the glass. And there's an adult lady there that looks like she's trying to get at one of whether it was her kid. Like, hey, don't do that. There is nobody down there to say, hey, be respectful. Don't pound on the glass. There's nobody there to say that. They're just like, let them down there unsupervised without somebody. Yeah, you really, like I said, this area should have been closed off till the show was over. So, Jesse's in his wetsuit. It's got a picture of Willie the Whale on the front, and it's blue. And Ray's like, oh, a lot of people out there. Are you nervous? And Jesse's like, no. <laughs> like, yeah, right. And she hands him a little paper bag, and he's like, oh, what's this? And she says, oh, it's a gift from Randolph and me. And it's his, it's his own whistle. Oh, that is so cool. Ray says, it's a little present from Randolph and me. And Jesse opens it. He's like, hey, this is cool. And he's like, hey, thanks, Ray. And she says, you're welcome. And she gives him a kiss on the head. It's like, aww. <laughs> yeah, and Dwight comes in. And she's like, hey, Dwight, how you been? And Dwight's like, hey, man, this is exciting because he's holding up the Willie program. He says, hey, I'm real proud of you, Jesse. People out there, you nervous? <laughs> no. Yeah, and you can even see. So Ray gets out there and presents, you know, Willie the whale. You know, she's announcing. And you see as Randolph is sliding that gate back to let Willie through. Because it's a divider that keeps them in, on one side of the tank into the other. And you just hear him go there. Yeah, you know what? That, not the wailing, not the crying, but to just the high-pitched, you know, squeal that just is really bothering him. He doesn't like that noise. And Ray introduces Jesse, like, this is Willie's friend Jesse, everybody. And Glenn and Annie and, and Dwight are clapping along with everyone else. Yeah, and the kids are, I mean, they're slapping the, the glass. They're pounding on it. <clears throat> you see, yeah, an adult, a couple adults, none of them are saying, you need to stop. You need to stop banging on the glass. Why would they be down there? Why wouldn't they be up there watching the show? You're not going to see anything from the observation room except for the whale. So like I said, that's on them. They really, I'm not going to harp on this anymore. It's driving me nuts. So everyone's just sitting there waiting for something to happen. And Jesse immediately knows, like, there's something going on. Because he turns to Ray... And Randolph, like, he's not into this. Something's wrong. Like, normally he would, you know, come up to me and everything like that. We can, you know, start our routine. But he's just, yeah, he's hanging over by the observation area. And it's just, ugh. 
and just his his whines and everything, just you know, whining and squealing and ugh. Whales have extreme sensitive hearing, so ugh. So Ray says, you know, just try something simple. I'll just talk. So she does kind of a stats info information on how old Willie is and information about killer whales. Oh my goodness! So Willie is 12 just like Jesse's 12 years old. And they're the same age. Oh, Willie does come over because Jesse's like kind of like patting the water. It's like just trying to figure out like what's going on with Willie. Like, what's up, buddy? What's going on? Yeah. And Jesse's like, come on, guy, what's up? You know the signals, you know the stuff. And Willie's kind of chattering like he he just looks really nervous. It's almost probably like a distress signal. Like I'm I'm really stressed out right now. Jesse's just not reading the cues. He he's not I mean he could tell that something's wrong, but he's like, Willie, please, this is important to us. Please don't blow it. And I'm thinking, buddy, this guy, he's going through something right now. He is not I would have been like, hey, you need to close off that observation area and you need to get those people up above ground because they're the distraction. And Willie starts like wailing and, and crying just like he, he did when Jesse's like, why are you making that noise? Willie's basically, I don't want to be here. I don't, you know, oh my goodness. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he has some type of possible PTSD from being taken from his family and all of that has come rushing back because of that noise. And you see the audience's reaction there just like that's a noise and no one's smiling everyone looks like they're just like I paid money for this he's not doing anything make him do something. And, and Dial, of course, is probably thinking like, exactly like last time. I knew we never should have spent money like this. I mean, Glenn and Andy are a little, like, kind of wondering, like, what's going on down there? And Jesse's like, come on, Willie, you can do this, all right? I know you can. And Willie's, like, nodding to him. Like, yeah, you can do it, but... <laughs> yeah, and Willie does the... The signal, like, he throws his arm out there, and then he puts both arms in there, like... What's going on? And Willie's kind of like shaking his head like, no, I'm not performing today. Jesse's even got a, a bucket of fish there as a reward after each trick that he does. Yeah, Willie just like swims off and Jesse with a raised eyebrow just like, what is going on with him? Yeah, and now we got, yeah, and and, and Jesse keeps looking at Ray like, what? I, I don't know what to do here. Can you... She already went through Willie's stats. I don't know what. But now we're going to an audience here. And we got someone going, boo, boo, get off the stage. And Andy's like, oh, come on. And Glenn is like, hey, shut up. Like, it's like, get out of here. Come on. This is a disaster from the start. You really maybe should have limited how many people could go into this show, maybe. And, again, have <laughs> Wow. Yeah, people start, like, clapping, but not applauding. They're doing a let's get on with the show type of clap. And it's just like, you ungrateful jerks. Clearly there's something going on. And, of course, they these people can't be reasonable. Willie's basically just doing 
swimming laps around his tank. And Jesse's like, stop, stop. And Ray tells the audience, you know, like every great performer, sometimes Willie gets stage fright. What is with this clapping exactly? Like, what do they think? Like, if they clap, like, the, the whale's going to snap out of it and start performing, or what? I'm surprised people just didn't start filing out of the, um... Out of the arena and just leaving. So Jesse, of course, gets upset. You know, he's embarrassed. You know, it took a lot to get him out there and he was excited. And now Willie's not performing and everyone's clapping and booing him. So he, he takes off. But Willie, yeah, he's had enough of these people clapping. So he goes right up to the tank and... He kind of rams it, and of course it spooks all the kids. The kids all run out, which, well deserved. They're being brats. No adults were down there saying, knock it off. I'm surprised they don't have a sign saying, don't hit the glass, don't tip. But there should have been somebody down there saying, if you want to look fine, but keep your hands to yourself, don't touch the glass. Don't hit the glass. Don't slap the glass. Just, you're there to look. He's not going to respond to you just because you're smacking. Well, <laughs> you're going to irritate him is what you're going to do. And, again, that area never should have been open to guests while the show was going on. So, yeah, everyone runs out. And Willie rammed the glass. Or Hard enough that one of the screws that's keeping the window in is just, it's leaking water now. Which, it's a steady stream trickle of water. It's like, that is not good. That would need to be repaired. So, what this guy, Dial's assistant, has said earlier about the whale being worth more dead than alive because of the insurance policy they have on the whale... And he goes down there and he's like, okay, well, this will work just great. We'll just not say anything about this leak and just let the water drain out and the whale's just going to die because it's not going to be in water. So it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're just going to. But wouldn't an investigation be done? Like, hey, there's a leak in the tank and you're telling me you have all these people working there and not one of them noticed this. That sounds like an insurance policy is going to be like, no, 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 there's a something here that was missed that should have been caught, so you get nothing. I don't, I don't know how they did it back in 93. But, yep. You figure, say, if I can't make money on him, I'll get a return on the insurance policy when the whale dies. Because it, yep. So, Jesse's getting back into his regular clothes, and Ray is just like, look, he just, he wasn't ready. Okay, he just, no, I mean, he would have been just fine. Again, like I said, it was that noise was the distraction. And Jesse's been crying, you can tell. He looks at Ray and he says, no, like, no, that's not it. He was, but there's something else going on. And Ray is really trying to comfort Jesse, like, hey, look, it, that wasn't your fault. You didn't do anything. And he just rushes out of there. So, yep, another setback here. Now, instead of it being 
you know, w with Glenn making a comment he shouldn't have. Now it's Willie didn't perform. Jesse was embarrassed. And now he's reverting back to his old ways of being angry and just, like, shutting everyone out. First, Glenn lets me down, and now Willie lets me down. It's like, I don't know who to trust, animal or human. Jesse is so angry, he kicks this garbage can that's connected to this wood post. He kicks it so hard that it detaches and just rolls down this incline. Or, no, it just rolls down the hill. So, yeah, Glenn, Annie, and Dwight are there. And Dwight's like, hey, look, I'll hold it, and you can kick the trash can. And Jesse kicks it so hard it detaches. Yeah, and Annie's like, Jesse, it takes a lot of courage to do what you did. You know, to work with an animal that's so big and strong. So, like, you know, maybe I guess that whale just wasn't cut out to be a performer. It's like... No, that's, it's not it, but they don't know what else to say. I mean, they can't read Willie's mind. They don't know what he was going through. Yeah, and Glenn's like, look, you gave it your best shot. You worked hard. You did everything that you could. Yeah, and Annie's like, you know, we're very proud of you for that. And he is just, he is not listening to them. He is just so, does not want to hear it. Yeah, and Annie kind of bends down at Jesse's level and says, you know, I'd be nervous too if I had to do tricks in front of all those people. And Jesse just walks away from her. Like, I don't need this. I don't need to hear this. So Jesse goes off and sits on this bench, and then Dwight's like, hey, let me talk to him for a minute. But no, yeah, Jesse's pretty much got it in his head that he's going to go find his mom. Like, buddy, that is not the answer. So, yeah, Dwight sits down next to him and is like, well, so, you know, the show wasn't... And then Jesse's all, oh, he is angry. He's like, screw the show and screw the Greenwoods. Like, I'm done with this. I'm just, I don't care anymore. Now it seems like Perry's plan of going to California is sounding a lot more nicer. Like, get away from the whale, get away from this foster parent situation, and just be out on my own. Yeah, so... Dwight's like, okay, so now they're against you too? Is that it? And Jesse's like, yeah, just like everything else. Jesse's just got this me-against-the-world persona, which he feels like everyone everyone lets him down. His mom, he feels the, the, the Greenwoods, Willie let him down, and it's just, you can't trust anybody. So, yeah, Dwight's like, hey, man, I don't think you have it so bad with the Greenwoods. And Jesse's like, then you go live there, all right? I'm sick of this place. I'm going to go find my mom. And Dwight's like, oh, so you mean you're going to hit the streets again? And Jesse's like, no, I'm going to find my mom. And Dwight says, you know, the federal government can't find your mom, the FBI, the CIA, the police, none of us. We can't find your mom. You know what? It's because she's not in the state of Washington. She's in New York. You find out in the sequel. She's in, been in New York the whole time. She went from one side of the United States of America way over to the other side. And that's the thing. It's like, if someone does not want to be found, they will go to every possible way to not be found. The state can't find your mom. The federal government can't find your mom either. Yeah, and Dwayne is just like, man, when are you going to get it? Your mom is not coming back. Yeah, it's like, Jesse, do you forget the day she dropped you on that doorstep? No, 
like you forgot about that. Well, I remember it. So what did she just drop him off at child welfare and just like, oh, here you go, honey, wait inside. And then she just drives off. You know, I'm just kind of thinking about Punky Brewster with her mom abandoning her and how different. Because Punky was, what, eight years old at the time? Jesse's 12. He's only four years older than her, but his outlook versus her outlook are so completely different. He was taken in by Glenn and Annie, and Punky was taken in by Henry. But whereas Punky tries to lean on the side of positivity and look at the bright side, Jesse is all about, you know, the negativity. You know, he's all wrapped in that big ball of hurt and mistrust and everything like that. Yeah, and Dwight, Dwight's just trying, I mean, Jesse knows this. Everything that Dwight's telling him, it's like, you don't think that Jesse hasn't thought that, too? Like, yeah, she didn't turn around, didn't slow down, didn't even look in the rearview mirror when she dropped you off. She was done with you. Yeah, and he's like, hey, does that sound like someone's mama to you? You got two people over there that want to be your friend. That's more than your mother ever was to you. And you see Glenn and Annie just kind of sitting there, you know, and just their heads are just kind of bent and just, they're upset. And, you know, they're trying to help him. They, they don't know how to reach him and everything like that. And it's like they can do everything in their power, but until Jesse lets them in, it's always going to be a constant closed door with him. And he says, look. You could use a friend right now, because if you go off on your own again, you're going to end up losing big time. Do you get that? And Jesse's like, Dwight, just shut up and leave me alone. And he just stomps off. As Jesse runs off, and Dwight is just like, I don't know what to do. I can't reach him. I can't make him understand. It's like, no, you can't. You could talk until, to him until you're blue in the face. And it's like Jesse's just blocking out any reasoning. Of anything and he feels his only answer is to just go on after Perry and go to California <sighs> and I think at some point I mean, you can try to offer help as much as you want but until they want to accept help and help themselves you really can't do anything you can't do anything because it's up to them to finally be the one to say I need you I need your help I can't do this anymore on my own Now they're against you too. Just like everything else. 
You know, I don't think you have such a bad thing with the green of this, Jesse. And you go live there. Sick of this place. Going to find my mom. Yeah, you mean you're going to go hit the streets again? No, I'm going to find my mom. Yeah, right. The state can't find your mom. The federal government can't find your mom either. Yeah, we'll find her. Shh. When are you going to get it, huh? When are you going to get it? Hey, your mom isn't coming back. Forgot the day she dropped you on our doorstep? Forgot about that. Well, I remember. Turned around and drove away. Didn't look around, didn't slow down, didn't even look in the rearview mirror. That sound like somebody's mama to you? You got two people over here who want to be your friend. That's more than your mother ever was. And you could use a friend right now, son. Because if you go off on your own, you are going to end up losing big time. You got that? Dwight, shut up and leave me alone. So Jesse's at home in bed and Annie knocks on the door and she says, you know, I feel sorry for Willie. And Jesse says, me too. And Annie takes it as permission to come into the room. And she says, you know, animals can be unpredictable and they can misbehave sometimes just like people. But that doesn't mean you have to lose faith in them. And she asks, right? And Jesse is pretending to be asleep. And she just says, you know, good night. I would love, again, I say, I would love the bedroom because of the windows and the best, the amazing view. Oh my gosh. If I could build a house and have a view like that, I would do it in heartbeat. <laughs> I would. So Jesse lying there takes out the baseball and then he also looks at the Venice, California postcard that Perry gave him and he, it's almost like he's weighing his options like do I stay or do I go? Do I stay or do I go? And he decides to leave. And apparently he's been dressed the whole time because he gets out of bed fully clothed, got, it, got his shoes on even. So yeah, it's yeah, it's like he was waiting for Annie to leave so he can get out of there. So he stops by the to say goodbye to Willie, and Willie's he's fine. He doesn't have you know he's just like hey Jesse's here. Let's play with this uh, this two liter toy that you got me. And is ninety three? That must have been the time of well some type of an Olympics because the Coca-Cola bottles that they got have like um, an advertisement on the, on the side of the label about the Olympics. Because I recognize the multiple, you know, the rings underneath. Well, either Jesse's come to say goodbye or he's again just weighing his options like, gosh, I really don't want to go, but I don't see any other way. Yeah, he does kind of feel like he was betrayed by Willie. It's like, they were going great, you know, they set up this fun routine, and Willie just, it probably feels like he kind of blew him off, like you kind of messed me over there, buddy. And now it's like, Willie wants to play, and she's like, yeah, what do you want? It's like, dude, if you're going to be there and pout and be a jerk to Willie, he doesn't need you there. Yeah, and he's like, he's throat, chucks that toy and says, Get out of here, go. It's like, dude, why are you there? So, yeah, Willie brings the toy back, and Jesse's like, oh, yeah, now you want to mess around. 
And then he's like, what happened today? You choked, didn't you? It's like, no, he didn't. It's an entirely different matter. So, yeah, Willie's, like, blowing, you know, water up and, <laughs> like, a spray of water. And Jesse's like, clean it, clean it, stop it. And then he takes, Jesse takes that whistle that was a gift from Ray and Randolph and just chucks it. It's like, you see this? It's going bye-bye and it's never coming back. And he just chucks it. And it's like, dude. <sighs> then Willie starts that crying wailing sound again. And Jesse lowers his head and turns and says, don't you start that now. Jesse says, I'm out of here. I'm going to California. And he's crying as he's saying it. And Willie's shaking his head like, no, you're not. He tells Willie to, you know, have a good life as he starts walking up the concrete steps. So that's why, yeah, he learns. Because <clears throat> he's climbing that little lighthouse-looking watchtower thingy. And because Jesse's hearing that noise, like, what is that? And he sees just out in the water, far out, he sees the orcas. He's like, yeah, that's his family out there. And Willie's like, I can't get out. I can't get to you. I can hear you, but I can't see you. And, and it's just like, yeah, he misses his family. And Jesse's like, wow, it's your family. It's like, yeah. Okay, so it looks like... They're trying to, I thought they were trying to fix it, but no, of course they're not trying to fix this um, in the observation area. They're trying to make it so it leaks even more, apparently. Because you got Dial's assistant down there with a couple guys with a welding torch. Yeah, because it's still dripping water, but then, yeah, they're trying to get that loose lug nut thing off that screw off and they even use like a thing to pound on it so that way it'll release more water and jesse sees this it's like they're deliberately sabotaging his tank so it will just like water will just start pouring out of there it's like you don't think an investigation would have been done? And they'd be like, well, what happened here? Like, oh, well, he just... Like, they wouldn't be able to see the welding marks. Like, this looks like this was done intentionally. So you would be, yeah, in trouble for fraud. And you would most likely be shut down due to animal cruelty. And Dial's assistant and these two helpers here run out of there. And Jesse's like, no, nothing. he ain't going to California. He's like, no, I, I got to go get one Randolph because we, yeah, Jesse can see, like, now water is just, like, literally pouring out of his tank. Oh, my gosh. Water is actually coming up underneath the window there and not just the lug nut hole that's now the removal of that lug nut screw thing it's coming up underneath there where that window is it's like oh my god like that is a lot of water like you need to get him out of there because he is going to die
now you want to mess around. So what happened today? You choked, didn't you? Yeah, Jesse goes and starts banging on Randolph. She's like, Randolph, Randolph, wake up, wake up. Just pleading with, like, please. <laughs> Randolph finally comes to the door. He must have been asleep. I don't know what time of night this is. But Jesse said that there's a hole in Willie's tank. Dallas trying to kill Willie. So we put him back in the ocean. 
You two, and you, and me. Let's wait, lady. Just wait a minute. All I know is this wheel's gonna die if he's dry docked too long. This tank's way beyond repair. He's got family out there. I heard him. Don't you get it? He's homesick. That's why he acts so weird. Just Ray, they tried to kill him. Hand me that, Jesse. Randolph, did you call the police? Exactly. We don't get Woody into water soon, he's gonna die. Ray, either get the heck out of here or go turn on the number two pump. Alright, so basically, yeah, apparently Willie's insurance policy is a million dollars, and that's what Dial's trying to collect. The other guy, his assistant, his name is Wade, because Jesse takes him down there and a lot of water just spilling out. And yeah, he says, yeah. And apparently this, that little nut thing that was supposed to go on to Willie's tank is like, yeah, that was purposely, you know, that's why they had a, a welder to remove it, to loosen it, to let more water out. It's like, yeah, but that's gonna... Anyway, <clears throat> Jesse says, hey, look, let's free Willie. We can take him down to the bay and release him. And then, you know, they get Ray there, and they tell her what's going on. Like, yeah, Dial's trying to kill Willie to collect the insurance money. And Ray's like, well, you call the police. And Randolph's like, what good is that going to do? If we don't get Willie into water soon, he's going to die. It's like, that tank is, like, running out of water. So I guess there's a backup pump that would put water in there at least to give them time to get Willie out of there. Yeah, and it looks like there's, what, 13, less than 13 feet of water left. And that, oh, it is draining fast. And Jesse even tells Ray, it's like, Willie has a family out there. I've heard them. Don't you see why he's acting so weird? It's because he has a family out there. He wants to get back to them. Okay, so, yeah, they got him on the other side of the tank. So that way they, uh, Randolph does have that, um piece of that heavy machinery with the tarp thing to be able to, you know, they got to have something to carry Willie in to get him down to the bay and everything. And it's a good thing that they got him on that other half of the tank and they kind of closed that section off because that glass just breaks and water starts rushing through. Like that, that park is destroyed. That water is is just <laughs> I'm surprised there's any water left in that tank so yeah with that water is oh my goodness gracious sake Jesse jumps in the water like no Willie you need to get in this holder here so we can get you out of here otherwise there's not going to be it's going to be an empty tank within a matter of minutes so time is of the essence here it's already went down two more feet. It went down from 13 feet to 11, below 11 feet. And Jesse's like, come on, Willie, please. Look, we're going to help you get out of here, but you need to kind of work with us here. Now it's under eight feet. Oh, my gosh. It, it keeps going down. Now we're under seven feet of water. They had to get Willie in that net so that way they can get him out of there. Okay, so they do have a little bit of... Um, padding there so when they put Willie down it's kind of cushioned and everything like that because they're going to have to uh, put him on uh, that net onto a trailer so they can haul that with a vehicle. 
So, yeah, they did get him loaded onto the trailer. Just, you know, you got to watch his tail, his pecs, so that way the poles line up with the spots that they're supposed to be in. And Jesse's like, how do you think he's doing? And Ray does say, you know, he has been moved before, so as long as he stays wet, he's going to be okay. It's like, that's one of those things, like, now we got him out of the tank. Now he's like, we need to get him back in the water. So time is definitely of the essence. So now the question, well, how are we going to pull him? Oh, we're just going to take Glenn's tow truck. Okay. So Glenn gets up just in time to see his truck is basically being stolen. So he's got to call the cops. That's great. And while Glenn's on the phone reporting a stolen, you know, his stolen truck, Annie says, Jesse's not here. His things are gone. So it's like, yeah, put two and two together. Yeah, they're going to take Willie to Dawson's Marina, which is close by. It's the only ocean access for miles. And, of course, it's like, yeah, you're going to want to probably stick to the back roads because you're driving around with a whale. People are going to, I mean, yes, it is like pitch black outside. It's the middle of the night, but still, people are going to see. Oh, that's right. Yes, Glenn and Annie go to his shop because there's a CB radio in his truck and they're trying to get a hold of Jesse. Of course, everyone's outside, you know, Jesse's got a, a spray thing, hose thing that he's using to keep Willie, you know, watered down and everything so he doesn't dry out. So Jesse's going to ride in the back um, on the trailer with Willie just to keep him company. Dial has now been notified by Wade saying the whale is gone, the trailer's gone, the forklift's been moved. He's like, that big mouth trainer in the Indian must have done it. Well, and you see Dial is really living large. I mean, with his upholstered couch, his red silk pajamas. It's like, <sighs> so I guess whatever the million that he would have gotten from Willie's insurance policy, what, some of it might have went to the assistant? <sighs> They're slime balls. They're creeps. This is a disaster. And Wade says, why? And Dial says, because we don't have theft insurance on the whale. That's why. He's basically getting more goons. He probably thinks, like, more than likely, like, they're going to go and try to free the whale. So will have people down there. So, mmm, taking the back roads. There's a fallen tree, which I hope they can find something to cut it with so they can get through. Well, that's right, because, well, they're basically, they're backing up. It's like, yeah, but the thing is with that trailer, and it's dark, you can't really see. And they're trying to back up a trailer down a dirt road that has got a... A hill on the side and of course they get stuck so Jesse calls Glenn on the CB radio yeah he uh, Glenn stops by and asks hey have you heard anything about stolen pickup and apparently the guy has he's like oh it's yours and Glenn's like yep and then he also the guy, uh, guy asks is the whale yours too and, yeah, word's getting around. Like, yeah. <laughs> and both Annie and Glenn are like, the whale? Like, okay, what's going on here? My gosh, Randall is, we got Ray in the driver's seat. She's trying to go forward. And Randolph is trying to, like, get that wheel that's kind of 
you know, off the road. It's sliding downward. And he's trying to get it back on the road. It's like, dude, that is a three-ton whale and a trailer you're trying to push upward. So, yeah, he gets in because Randolph's like, we definitely need help. We need help here. We can't do this on our own. So Jesse gets in the truck, calls Glenn and says, hey, are you guys there? And they drive up and Glenn's not happy. Of course, you know, he stole his truck. It's like, what's going on? What are you doing with my truck and this whale? And then Jesse tells him the whole thing like, they're trying to kill Willie, so we're trying to free him. Can you please help us? We need to be able to get this tree out of the road so we can keep going forward. Jesse, are you alright? Okay. What's going on? <laughs> what the heck are you doing with my truck? This whale. They tried to kill Willie. Kill the whale? So we're putting him back in the ocean. Help us! Help us and I'll do anything! Anything! What is it that you think I want from me, Jesse? I don't know. I don't know what you want from me. Look, I gotta look out for Willie and I gotta do what's best for him. Understand? Put length of chain and a winch control behind the seat of the truck and go and get it. I am tearing up. Oh my goodness. And Jesse is literally begging Glenn, like, please, Glenn, help us, please. He's gonna die. And, oh my gosh, it's, and it's like, I'll, help me and I'll do anything, anything you want, whatever it is. And, and Glenn looks at Jesse like, what do you think I want from you, Jesse? And Jesse's like, I don't know, I don't know what you want from me. It's just, I gotta look out for Willie. He's, he's gonna die. He's gonna die if I don't help him. Oh my goodness. And Glenn just kind of, you know, kneels down, just kind of, and he says, all right, there's a, like a, a chain and a winch control to try to get basically we're gonna get the trailer back on the road so and just like oh and jesse just hugs glenn thank you thank you yeah behind the seat <laughs> and Reynolds like behind the seat huh that's the only place i didn't look <laughs> yeah they have a chain attached to the fallen tree and they have these boards so they can get the the trailer back on the road so yeah well they're getting back on the road and everything dials called more goons to be able to get down to the marina to stop them from putting willie back in the ocean with his family and ray says hey we gotta go we gotta find a place to 
get Willie some more what we need to like wet him down because he's drying out very fast. So they stop at the car wash and what they're pulling out of it is basically a self-serve car wash. And the these guys are all like, hey, nice whale. Nice whale. And Randall's like, thanks. <laughs> so yeah, they're getting close to the marina now and Jesse's yelling, we gotta hurry. He's not doing so good. He's like drying out. He's not really as responsive as he was. So we got Dawson's Marina, and of course we Dial called his goons, and he's got a line of people just guarding the gates. And Dial is there too, and Glenn just kind of stays there, almost like, "What can we do?" It's like we're gonna get arrested for like, <sighs> come on. So Jesse's like, Glenn, please hurry, please. And Glenn goes right through that gate. He just busts it down. Like, we need to get this wheel to water. So he gives Glenn the go ahead, just saying, go for it. Just ram the gate, basically. And it's a wooden gate, so it doesn't stand a chance. Everyone's like bracing. Like, oh, I'm gonna go through the gate. So <sighs> Dial's goons are going after. Jesse and them, because Glenn's backing up into the water, because they gotta get Willie out of that net and into the water. Although, you'd think, like, okay, you're in the water, just, you know, once we get you out of there, just go. And once they get him out of that net, and it's like, no, he's not moving. It's like, no, they think that maybe he's been out of the water too long, that... Oh, it's not good. Oh, yeah, and when they get, when he backs up in the truck in the water and Glenn opens the door, water is, like, going, like, seeping into the truck. Come on. We got you the water. Now you gotta do your part. Well, get him out of that net first. Get away. Get away. Get well, there's a fight. Yes. There he goes. Come on, man. Come on, Willie. Away from the people. Get away from the Go, Willie, go, go. Putting those nets down. Shoot. Yeah, they're putting those nets down. They're blocking his path so he can get through. That whale's not going anywhere. Water's 20 feet deep. Those nets will touch bottom. Close it in. <laughs> Turn away from it. <laughs> no, we're not doing this again. We didn't come all this way just to have him get 
taken again. There you go. Get away from the nets. Come on. Come on. You can do it. There he goes. There we go. Tell him to get out of Away from the net. Gotta get over that hall of rocks. He's got to get enough space so he can make that jump. Give it two years, you'll see him again. Hey, Jess. 
Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. much. Willie is able to get away from the nets and Je Jesse directs him to that uh, rock wall and he just tell him like, look, you can be free, all right? You can. Yeah, and he's even saying goodbye to him knowing like he may not ever see Willie again once Willie's reunited with his family. And it's just, it's heartbreaking because he, you know, he and Willie have a bond and they connected and everything like that. And he's got to let him go. And he's just crying, which, yeah, it's sad. But he's like, you can be free. We can we can get you over this rock wall. And, you know, Willie's swimming away, and Jack's like, Willie, you just have to do it once. You just have to do it once. You can get over this wall. You can be free. And he sees Willie kind of swimming away. He's like, well, he's got to get enough speed going so he can make that jump. And you see Ray and... Randolph watching and just saying, have you seen Willie jumped as high before? And Randolph's like, well, things could happen, you know. He could not make it over. He could land on the rocks. He could, you know, because Jesse is literally right underneath him. So, uh, but yeah, he makes it. And everyone is celebrating Jesse's. Yeah, and he's doing the uh, Nazi Klinet, like, uh, you know, finger, you know, arm motion. And it's like he's trying to, but, um, yeah, Willie's free. He's with his family. And Glenn and Annie come up there and just say, hey, let's go home. You know, after, you know, Jesse thanks them for their help and helping Willie get free. And, and Willie just saying, hey, Willie, I love you. I'll miss you. I hope we can see each other again soon. He even says, hey, say hey to your mom for me. It's just, it's sweet. So, yeah, that is the movie. I just, I love this movie so, so much. It is just so beautiful. And I cannot believe that the movie is going to be 30 years old next year, 1993. I would love to see Free Willie again on the big screen. Like I did when I was 10. Because oh, it's so amazing. And I really hope that you all enjoy my review of this movie. And I will be back towards the end of July with Free Willy 2 The Adventure Home. Bye bye everybody.